VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. How can we help you? How far is it to Camp Crystal Lake? You're in luck. Tonight we're doing five for the price of one, and we're taking you back to Camp Crystal Lake and talking Friday the 13th, parts one through five. We'll never come back again. This is the VHS Files. Welcome back to the VHS Files. How is everybody doing tonight? Great. Nice day. How has everybody's week thus far? Has everybody been having a good week? Jenny? Super busy. Very busy at work. Jason? Uh, watching lots of movies for this week. Lots of movies. Yes, yes. Watching a lot of movies. Uh, watching five movies. <laughs> I think uh, Eric got his got his uh, hand down in the pot with something that was a little, little bit strenuous this week as far as <laughs> the podcast goes. Well, it, it, we should be transparent here. I agreed to one movie a week, <laughs> and our fourth episode is five movies. <laughs> but if so. you think about it, it's just really one long movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. So tonight we're talking Friday the 13th. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. It's got a death. <laughs> Some folks claim they've even seen him right in this area. Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing on this mess? The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw Boy, is he dead too? We didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. I, Josh, here at the VHS Files, turned 40 at the beginning of this week. Happy birthday! Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And one of the biggest movies of my childhood, one thing that led to why I love horror so much was the Friday the 13th series. And being that they they are turning 40 this year as well as I was, we thought it would be a good idea to watch some Friday the 13th movies and comment on them. They're a big part of my childhood. I know they're a big part of Jason's childhood. Now, Jenny and Eric can't really say so much for so um i'm a friday the 13th fanatic i i have a whole a lot of collectibles uh I, I watch the movies regularly i've watched them so many times over the past 35 well yeah 35 years because i wasn't watching them when i was one obviously but um obviously. so i've watched them numerous times my mom was watching them when she was younger i was watching them with her again why I was watching them with my mother at that age. <laughs> Who knows? But they they left an impression on you. me. <laughs> they left a big impression on me, uh, and I, I have a love for the, the character of Jason Voorhees, the, the movies. They are just ingrained in me uh, as, as far as, you know, childhood memories and movies and why I love what I love. So, Jason, I think you've got kind of a similar story. How about you? 
Oh, just a little bit. I mean, even all the way back to our first episode when we were all introducing ourselves, I, I had mentioned the probably the first horror movie I had ever seen uh, was Friday 13th Part 3 <clears throat> due to the fact that, you know, like you said, our parents would let us watch them maybe later, but that first movie was one of the ones where you snuck your head out of the bedroom when you're told mm-hmm. you're not to, and you're catching glimpses of things on the TV, and then, of course, you go to bed all night, you think, Jason standing in the corner of the room for the rest of the night. And I think from that point on, because of that, it, that's what, like you, Josh, it got me into the horror thing because that sense of being scared. I mean, even as a kid, you know, we have our nightmares and we run to mom and dad, but it was also like an, an adrenaline rush. We fed off of it. You're like, wow, I need some more of that, you know? Yeah. And it's from that point in, I sucked in, you know, for the rest of the Friday 13th series, it actually what led me over to my favorite series, which I believe we'll talk about later is the Halloween movies. But I mean, my name is Jason and I do love Jason movies. Uh, and I spent time with my mom and any, throughout my life watching these movies because she was a horror movie fanatic too. But it's, yeah, it's all, honestly, de- it's kind of funny. The, the genesis of our love for our, our specific uh, horror movie maniacs is I love Jason. My name's Josh. Fun <laughs> fun fact that I learned in this in, in watching all of this is his yeah. originally his name was supposed to be Josh Voorhees, <laughs> and they changed it to Jason to for Jason. whatever reason. And that's why we are together doing this. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you both watched it with your mothers, and, and Jason yeah. loves his mother too. <laughs> <laughs> There's something strange going on here. Yep, and your story about watching under the covers and all of that stuff is not, that's not the memory I have for Friday the 13th. It's actually another horror movie franchise that we'll eventually get to. So it's funny how this one is the biggest one in my brain, but it's not the one that left those sort of impressions on me. It just, this one hooked me in and it was fun to me. The the yes. character of Jason Voorhees and, and I'll go ahead and say it now. This is the most fun franchise of the horror icons in my opinion and we can get into that later yeah Uh, i I can i can agree with that it's more of the little more campy type feel Uh, it's like the whole summer fun type thing going on vibe it's not so much the seriousness of the ominous of like maybe halloween and hellraiser and stuff like that right so i i totally agree that yeah it's more of a a fun happy you know these teenagers are having a great time and then you know life turns to shit for them well their life ends but (laughs) <laughs> and I, I hesitate to use the word con- the franchise is consistent because watching these and where we're going to watch out, <laughs> it's anything but consistent. It's just this this series has something cohesive throughout it, that, and I want to talk about that as well, but it has something that runs through the entire series that keeps them all grounded with one, with one another, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, Eric, you have any kind of childhood memories well, of Friday the 13th or? My childhood memories of Friday the 13th aren't from watching them because I haven't seen any of these until uh, uh, probably my 30s when you shared them with me. Um, I associate... This is going to be fun. Come to the dark side. We have brownies. I associate Jason and Friday the 13th so much with Halloween growing up. And, you know, my entire life, you don't have a Halloween without seeing someone in a hockey mask at some point. I mean, it's just it's become such a, a staple of, of Halloween as much as a witch or a ghost or anything. And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I definitely have lots of memories there. Um, 
but I don't have the the boyhood uh, memories. I don't know that I'd want to watch these with my mom uh, <laughs> after watching them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to get into it. And the other newbie here at the show <laughs> is my my lovely wife Jenny Lou. Yeah. Also, I did not have any childhood memories of Friday the Thirteenth because I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies, and through that, probably because I wasn't allowed to, I didn't want to after that. Like if <laughs> if there was a commercial for a horror movie, I would like cover my eyes and run away. Um, I was a pretty serious and terrified child <laughs> because I was so sheltered. So, um, yeah, I just didn't want to watch horror movies for a very long time. And some horror movies I still don't want to watch. So so would you say that Josh has um, pulled you into the horror world uh, was in a good way? Yeah. Or does he drag you kicking and screaming through these? He knows my limits and yeah. he will tell me if I am not going to like a movie. Yeah. He knows the things that bother me. Like right. some Little things talking are talking dolls. <laughs> like some things are fun and some things are gory, but then like he knows the line for me. So. Jenny can't watch the things that could absolutely 100% never happen to you in real life. That's the stuff that scares her to death. But anything that could potentially happen, like Jason could bust through the door and hack your face off with a machete, she's fine watching that. Uh, I have a very active imagination. Being an only child, I kind of had to have one. And so I can envision these scenarios more vividly i think than other people and so that makes them more real to me so i'm more terrified of them yeah. right you allow yourself to get, get pulled in yep perhaps too far yes well we're gonna get into these movies because i don't think there's really much there as far as that goes is is, is the, the, these movies do one thing and that's leave nothing to your imagination <laughs> I mean, in some aspects, maybe, and we can talk about that, but these are as gratuitous as you can get in most cases. So this is definitely not a thinker as far as a series. And, uh, uh, you know, it is slasher in every, in every, any, any inkling of that word is not, you know, word. it's, it's just, this is one of those movies that takes no brains to watch. You can just turn it on, enjoy it for what it is. Or not enjoy it for what it is, depending. Yeah. On, you know, we you're might basically get just watching it because you know that there's going to be some, uh, those, those jump scares where you turn around and he's right yeah. there or somebody's going to be falling out of a tree from a rope that he set up after he'd already killed him 30 minutes earlier in the movie. Yeah. And that's the exciting part. You know it's going to happen after you see just one of these movies throughout yeah. the rest of the series. So you know what to expect, but people watched them. I mean, this mo these movies have made millions and millions of dollars at the box office, mm -hmm. all of them. Yep. And but we, but it's the thing, it's it's the same formula every time. Yeah. It is nothing's really going to, to really change. They did throw a couple little curveballs well, in there, and some of them, but and and but I definitely come back for that. I definitely have some things to say about the curveballs they decided to throw. Oh as, God. as far as this goes, um, <laughs> so. 
first things first, it's 1980. The slasher craze is, is going nuts through Hollywood. Uh, you have films like Halloween and a few others that really struck a nerve and became a, 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 an unlikely blockbuster at that time. So everybody jumped on the bandwagon and wanted to do something revolving around a holiday and all of this. So, Eric, take us back in time. Let's uh, talk about what uh, was going on around 1980. We're sending you back in time. <gasps> well, this is heavy. Well, Josh, since we're covering five years this week, I'm going to give us a quick overview of the first half of the 80s. The decade starts with the U.S. hockey team defeating the Soviet Union in the Olympics at the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Uh, screw those Reds, am I right, guys? Exactly. <laughs> the Ruskies. <laughs> uh, then we are gifted the arcade classic, Pac-Man. We got the Empire Strikes Back. We've got the debut of Post-it Notes. Uh, and our boy Josh here was brought into the world. Oh, oh, yep, that oh, that's the most important one. Happy birthday. Uh, then, unfortunately, we lose John Lennon. Not everything can be Sad. happy. Uh, but life goes on, and we get the debut of MS-DOS. We get Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we get MTV. And uh, slowly, typewriters are being replaced by computers, something called personal computer. The first test tube baby is born, and then Jenny is born as well. Uh, not related, of course. That's just, they came in. The, wait, wait, was she a way? test tube baby? Coincidence. Uh, oh, the lace collar became popular around this time. So shout out to the notorious RBG. Um, much love there. And uh, let's see here. Uh, we discovered AIDS. That's no fun. Uh, uh, then Thriller came out. E.T. hits theaters, and the youngest member of this podcast, myself, was born. Uh, Jason, sorry, bud, you were... That's an older episode. Yeah, he's... Uh, that's, that's, we we hey, gotta go further back your, in time for that one. Yeah, I was born there when the original Star Wars came out, so I'll take that. There you go, that's pretty cool. Uh, then we get the debut of Mario Brothers, uh, Giant Mobile Phones. We get the first untethered spacewalk, and the uh, Sally Ride becomes the first American woman in outer space. Because space is cool, and space was so cool back then. Uh, And it's still cool. Technology also brings us new Coke. Uh, And finally, a young young dude named Michael Jordan is named the NBA's Rookie of the Year and is never heard from again. <laughs> who's who's this Michael Jordan you speak yeah, of? I don't know. Josh doesn't do sports ball. <laughs> is he like is he like uh is he like uh, LeBron James or something like that? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, okay. I know who Michael Jordan is, damn it. <laughs> Goat. Um yeah, a lot going on in the first half of 80 as far as this goes and we were gracious enough to be blessed with a Friday the 13th movie every year. <laughs> <laughs> but we we'll start at the beginning with, with with the very first one again, jumping on the train, horror movies with with the with the holidays coinciding and whatnot, and Halloween made that a big deal. So uh, director Sean S. Cunningham got together with his writing partner and decided they were going to do something. And he had had this plan for Friday the Thirteenth. He he didn't know what the premise of it was going to be or anything like that, but he loved the fact of basing it off of the Friday the Thirteenth stigma. So that's where that came from. So you, uh, two things. Yeah, I, I heard, I mean, that they, they came up with it as a reaction to Halloween. 
Yeah. Yes. So like it was literally like they saw Halloween. It's like let's do that. Let's jump on the our, train. Let's yep. do our take on that. Also, it, it, so Friday the Thirteenth. What is the, the origins of that? I mean, I I didn't really get deep into it. I don't I don't know how much of a big deal it was before the the movie franchise, but I'm sure there was something that someone brought up regarding. Friday and Friday the thirteenth of the it month. It was just and, that old thing of it was a very unlucky day. That's what, all. Yeah, with, really with thirteen and an history. unlucky number, like you're starting the weekend and it's the thirteenth day of the month. Uh, that kind of stuff, you know. So yeah. I don't. I don't think there was really any big, any big class to it. I think they were just reaching for something to jump on that bandwagon with, with Halloween and all of those. So. Yeah. They got a cast together and, and shot this lowly movie. This movie was done with a budget of $550,000. And um, to be honest, I mean, they did what they could with that money, and it paid off because it made almost $60 million at the box office when wow. it came out. Yeah. So, but as far as that That's first movie goes, I mean, this isn't going to be one of the traditional reviews you've heard us do so far because we are covering five movies in this time. You know, we do want to talk about some of the particular things throughout this first half of the franchise, but we're, we're really going to go through these movies for pretty quickly because, I mean, honestly, they, they do start to run together a little bit. And you've got basically, this, like Jason was saying, the same MO going the whole time. But as far as the first movie goes, it has its moments. I do like that there's a whodunit aspect to it, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very pulled back. They, they don't go crazy. I mean, there is some gore compared to the stuff you were seeing at that time. And I mean, that was one of the things about Halloween is it was very, very subtle, had not a lot of blood. And this one amped that up a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this is only my second time seeing these movies. So uh, I have to say I enjoyed the first one a lot more on the second watch. And I do, uh, I, I think the the whodunit aspect of the movie adds quite a bit. Um, once you strip that down, it's uh, a little less interesting for me, honestly. Um, you, you can definitely see the, the lack of budget there. I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not, it, they don't necessarily need it, but the, it, the creative way that they film it with, you know, the, the POV shot stuff. Right. Uh, and, and things like that, where you don't, you don't have to have everything on screen. You know, mm-hmm. they spend money on a few different effects and, uh, and, and I think they, they manage it well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the, the first person aspect of it is not new. It, it was made per- pretty popular with Halloween and that does, that does carry the movie for sure is, is the first person going and you're wondering who this is that's following all these people around. That's one thing that we actually got out of this. That wasn't part of Halloween is there was no mystery as to who this figure was walking around in a mask in in Halloween. We knew who it was from the get go and the whodunit does put a little bit of a spin on it. And I I, I like that. You don't know who it is now, whether or not who who we find out it is, is, is worth the payoff. I don't know, but, well, uh, the amount of setup versus payoff, I think, is a conversation yeah. that we can have because there isn't a ton of discussion about Jason in the first movie. Like, yeah, it, it is very. It, it's bare, kind bare of bones. late in the film where you, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Miss Voorhees herself uh, sort of explains everything at the end, but 
I, it would have been nice to get a little more on Jason earlier in the film. Well, you really don't even see much of her until later. You, d- you don't. You don't well, see they're, her. They're, and, and also, some people forget, I think, you know, just general audience maybe forgets that that the mother is the killer in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of think of that as a twist. But if you're thinking of this movie from watching it and no other films being made, yeah, it's not much of a twist, really. It's just... No, oh, this lady comes up and she's the killer. It's your tradition. So we're almost like retroactively reacting to it as a twist because we know the movies yeah. that come after it. Uh, but, uh, you know, she she is scary, though. Yeah. I think she's properly yeah. scary. Yeah, she's creepy for sure. Oh, yeah, when she starts talking to herself and talking about Jason and, oh, today is his birthday. You just can see that look <laughs> in her eye of like, there's something off about this lady. She's a little off a rocker, a couple of French fries short of a Happy Meal type thing going here. She ain't right. <laughs> Let's talk about the shh, 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 ha, ha, ha. Stop. <laughs> I mean, that's a, How's that's that going? Nice. How does that go again, Eric? Uh, you only get one, Jason, but, you know, it, it's actually it's effective. Kiki Mama. Is, Kiki Mama? Kiki Mama is what it is. So, and, and that. What? And that's yes, and, and that that'll lead me into something. I, I was talking about there being a thread that runs through these movies that keeps them grounded with each other, and that's one thing I really want to point out is the score, because the score yeah. and Henry Jason, what's his name? Harry Manfredini. Harry, Harry Manfredini. He continues to score the series up until I think part six or seven. Yeah. And his scores is really what makes the coming back to these movies feel familiar. Yeah. And what he did with them now. Much like the film itself, the score is a little bit of a ripoff of a few other things. And I, as a kid, when you're listening to this, you don't know it. You just hear this music. And I, honestly, even though they are pulling from different movies for this score, the score is still great, and it drives the movies very well. No, it's like how he come up with the the sound. Yeah, like that Eric was just talking about. He just took that those words and had her and he put it through like an echo box i forgot he actually had a name for it it's, it's yeah. an old piece of uh audio machinery but mm-hmm. and that's how he come up with it and then it was like that noise is now synonymous with the rest of the series just that and anything going on and even us as you know how many times did we walk around our house josh yeah making that noise or sneaking <laughs> up on your friend and you go, yeah yeah and it, it's like uh it's like jaws when you hear that song, yep. you know that Jason's know. around. He's he's around. He's somewhere. You know, he is the great t- white shark in yep. this movie. Yeah, wait and, for the music. And it and it's funny that you bring Jaws up because it it's completely ripping off John Williams because <laughs> <laughs> there 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 are points in it where it's da-dum. like it is. Oh yes, yes, there are straight up yeah, straight yeah, up. Right. And I was like, now you're also talking Psycho because. There are definitely hints of the Psycho score in there. Well, but even the writing is from Psycho. He just flipped it. Yeah. It was the uh, you right. know, the mother instead, instead of, the, of the son. Yeah, yeah, they just flipped the whole mother-son aspect of the of the movie. And even the writer says that. He said, I just kind of took it and kind of flipped it. So, yeah, there's a few things I did steal from mm-hmm. other movies. I mean, they openly admitted it. But, hey, you know, that's just what, the way it goes. You just kind of make it your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were rehashing everything at, again, like at this time, because the, the, it was the bandwagon. They wanted to get on the train, mm-hmm. and if you, they were throwing anything at the wall, and if it stuck, great. And that's that's Friday the Thirteenth just ended up being one of those that stuck. Because you've also got 
New Year's Evil and Happy Birthday to Me. Prom April night, Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Saturday the fourteenth. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on forever. Yeah. But to get back to what you were saying about that, Eric, he just he, the the composer took uh, Betsy Palmer's talking talking as Jason Killer Mommy. And he took that and just put it through a processor, and he came up with the kick, kick, and it's it's Killer Mommy. And he's kill. It's kill mommy. Kick, kick. So wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I did not know that. Me mm-hmm. either. That's pretty cool. So I did. Again, that's that's people like me and Josh who <laughs> watch these movies. We've watched the documentaries. We've yeah. watched the behind the scenes. We know these things. Yeah, when the when the when they released a, a Blu-ray series a couple years back called Crystal Lake Memories, which de- it was a documentary that went into detail of every movie in the franchise. And I watched that for this just to get a little bit more background on what we were going to be talking about. It's a great about. watch. If you, it, anybody listening, that's if you just want to get some Jason knowledge, yeah. Crystal Lake memories, I think you can watch it on Shudder or something right now. Yep. I also noticed that Tom Savini was on this first movie. Yep. Uh, and and, uh, and the fourth as well, um, I later. Yeah. But uh, Coming off of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love Which, that guy. And, and, and honestly, looking at the the effects from Dawn of the Dead and, and moving into this one, it's a vast improvement. I, I Don't Very get me much. wrong. I, I love Dawn of the Dead, but the, the effects were still being being played with at that time for sure. I feel like you can kind of see some of the same look, um, particularly, you know, with with, the, you know, like when uh, Kevin Bacon gets his gets an arrow through his neck. Mm hmm. Just yeah. this, the the ripping flesh, that kind of stuff. It it, it feels yeah. Savini to me. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. there is such a thing. It has a certain but, look uh, to it. Not that I'm some kind of expert on on special effects, but it did remind me of that um, yeah. visually. Yeah. So I mean, but the the common story of this and moving it along is just kids at a camp. Their camp counselors. They're waiting. You know, they're fixing this camp up, and all of a sudden, hell breaks loose because of something that happened. How many years ago was it? I think it was 15 years ago. It, it, it begins in late 50s. Yeah, late 50s. And then we're back in 81. So, and then so stigma's gone. They're trying to decide to open the camp back up. And lo and behold, when they try, try to open the camp back up, murders start to happen. So, I mean, basically, these things happen because these kids are drinking and doing drugs and having sex and, you know, not things that wholesome camp counselors would do. Uh, people responsible for watching children. Now there's no children yes. yet, but yeah. um, one of my favorite part of any of these movies, uh, it's early on when the counselors have gotten to the camp and they're all you know spread out doing whatever, and a cop comes up drives up to the camp and he's really like giving it to these kids and uh, he starts naming all these different you know slang terms for marijuana <laughs> and, he, and he ends it with like grass dig it <laughs> when he said that i absolutely lost the, it the, it the, so the quote is weed or no, he's talking. He asked the kids if they're smoking grass, and they're like, "What?" And he says, "Columbian gold grass, the weed. Dig it, <laughs> <laughs> dig it." <laughs> yeah, this guy is definitely playing it up, and Jenny, <laughs> Jenny lost it when we were watching it. 
and and made me stop the movie and rewind it so she could hear it again <laughs> and write it down so that we could talk about it on the podcast. So funny. So well, you know, yeah, talking about the kids and being irresponsible and you get punished in these movies for being uh and irresponsible for having you know for drinking underage for doing drugs for having sex um you know that's where the sort of horror rules come from in you know scream and that kind of stuff you know and they they are incredibly irresponsible even these uh, kids you know they're they're just they're They're, up to no good they're okay up to a point i noticed in this one because one dude shot an arrow well a foot away from a girl (laughs) and i'm going to talk about him You have each movie has their respective prankster, quote unquote. So you got to have your prankster of the group. And yeah, and and, and Ted is the one or or I'm sorry, Ned is his name in this one. Yeah, he fires an arrow (laughs) a foot away from a woman. And but and that's another aspect of this one that I think is really cool is, again, the the whodunit aspect of it. I like the setup of the whodunit. And they're actually pointing care pointing at characters as they go through the movie. Oh yeah, to Close sort to. of yeah. make you try and guess who it's going to be, and that's why I think the ending doesn't work that well. Now, if we didn't have that ending, we wouldn't have the franchise. I get that, but we we needed to meet Mrs. Voorhees earlier. Yes, uh, or at least heard more about Jason, right? You know, yeah. in conversation and stuff like that, so we fully understand what's going on. Another theme that's established in in the first one that you know, follow suit throughout is uh, people are so stupid and <laughs> like they, they are, I was thinking to myself, this would be, you know, cause you have to understand that a, a, an older woman killed like all of these people. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're so unsuspecting of anything. They are so very nice. Everyone trusts everything inherently. Uh, and, and I was just thinking it would be so easy to pick these kids off. You, 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 you ring a little bell. One of them runs away and you just <laughs> clock them over the head with something. You ring a bell again. Another one comes up boink. Uh, but you know, that's kind of part of the formula you're talking about is, is sort yeah. of unsuspecting fools getting, getting dropped, you know, like part one, when you get to the end of like, we're talking about, we don't even get uh, Miss Voorhees or Betsy Palmer's character. Just it's like, here, we're going to shove the whole reason everybody's killed in 10 minutes. And then I'm going to chase the final girl around and, what's going to happen and then you get to the end the whole showdown at the end and it's and it does it that's like if why can't we get a little bit of her earlier just kind of showing up at the camp like hey how you doing kids i'm just checking to make sure everybody's okay because it goes bring back, some cookies over yeah because it does go to like uh like uh newer horror movies like scream that's what they what how Friday 13th really started that was everybody's a suspect let's keep pointing these people out right Oh, yeah. well, they're the killer. No, oh wait, this guy might be the killer, or this or this. But that's all they do. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, here's Miss Voorhees and her son drown because people were too busy having sex and doing drugs. And now I'm I've killed everybody because you let my son die, or did he die? But uh, I think I will say that this movie and these movies too much credit for plot. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's not one, and I don't think there's meant to be one. Like, I think the Mrs. Voorhees thing was about all they could come up with in terms of having a backstory because nothing else is yeah. well, well yeah, written in, or makes an, any sense. 
they're in many ways a series of vignettes. Like they're, it's like, okay, now here we are in this scene, you know, and they're not a whole, they're, they're, there's some thin connective tissue, but it, it really is about like yeah. moment to moment, who's going to die, who's yeah. going to die, who's going to die. Um, but I, I will say like, I, I feel like uh, the first one has a, a good climax when, when, when she reveals herself and they start fighting. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think like, whether they said that I think Bessie Palmer missed for it. She actually like really slapped her. Yeah. Because yeah, she was like she a Broadway cutting. Like she actually really slapped her. Oh no, we don't do that in movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you do on stage play. So I mean, she was really into that movie uh, or that whole mood. I mean, it was like it's like eighties, late eighties, you know, action movies. They're like they're really hitting each other, and it's just two girls fighting over. I want to live, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah, they're throwing down for real. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. Betsy Palmer really was the only quote-unquote star they could get in this movie. Yeah. They wanted to get someone that would be familiar to people of that time yeah. to, to to be their reveal. Now, you've also got someone who our generation will see many more times, and this will this will kind of get us started on a new little segment we want to do here at the VHS Files called Almost Famous. And this is where us going back and watching all of these older movies and seeing some, some people's career start and where they, they they came from and where they went from here. Um, We kind of want to call out some people in the movies that we're talking about, whether it's, you know, one or two or just one person that kind of made it famous. That to kind of give you a a little bit of a background, it's, it's that guy. Who's that guy? Where's he? I've seen him before. We're we're looking for those kind of things. And, um, so that's that's kind of the the nature of this one, and I think Kevin Bacon is is your your guy for that one, especially you know if we were watching this back in back in the eighties, we I'm pretty sure I would have seen Footloose around the time I saw some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. So yeah. Kevin Bacon, even though this wasn't his first movie, his first yeah, he, movie technically was Animal, Animal House, House didn't yeah, he? yeah, Animal House first, yeah. But, um, and then we get the the end scene with. Mrs. Voorhees getting her head t- chopped off. Which is a great effect. Again, Tom Savini pulling that off. I mean, that's that's the the best effect in the film, I I think. <laughs> that and what happens shortly afterwards. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Of, of the you know the the boat. Yeah. I like the part where is she? Uh, it, they've talked more. I mean, if you watch these movies. The horror, of course, we all love Tom Savini as far as the horror genre goes and everything he's done. But uh, I love that little piece when he's talking about when they molded her head and everything. Her head is actually held on with just two picks. And if when they do behead her, you can actually still see the two picks still sticking <laughs> up in the hand, but you see her grabbing it like that. And that's like his assistant's hands because you can see hair yeah. all up the back of the hands, these big old gorilla hands. You're like, that is the most non-feminine hands I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but it, I was like, just those little things like that. Yeah, and at the and at the time, you would have never noticed that, especially being young. Oh and, God, no. certainly not. Not on VHS, certainly. Right. Yeah. There's there is so much to the VHS time period that is lost now because we've gotten so much better looking visuals, and they really had to rely on that when they were doing makeup effects and things of that nature. Exactly. So, but I mean that's. You brought up a good point about their lack of plot and where they were having to go with things. And in in a sense, yes, and in a sense, no, because their formula they set up with this movie wrote them into a corner every time they had tried to go somewhere else. It was always going to be 
well, we'll talk about the ending, the surprise ending that gets everyone. Again, there's a spoiler warning at the beginning of the show, but if you don't know, Jason's not dead. Um, and and we think our our final girl is safe, and she's out in a boat in the middle of the lake waiting for the police to arrive. And when they do, young Jason jumps out of the water and grabs her. Actually, and that is a classic image. Yes, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that it's a, that moment is so classic. And it's because yeah, yeah. they even set it up with the music. I mean, it's tranquil. There's yeah. hardly a ripple on the water, and she's dipping her fingers in it. It's like the movie's over, it's peace, and then blah, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, the, the foreign looking kid comes out of the water and just grabs her. And you're like, Whoa, that did not totally. I mean, I'll admit the first time I actually saw this movie, which was years after it came out, yeah, that was terrifying. It's like you'd never want to go get in the canoe and go get in a lake ever again. Yeah. And that shot holds up on HD as, as yes, well. Yes, it like does. That, it still holds yeah. up. It looks well. scary as hell. Uh, what do you guys think about the the final girl? Do you like Alice? Is it Alice? Yep. It's Alice, right? I yeah. like her. But I like her too. Why is she in the boat in the first place? Like, I've just survived the most terrifying night of my life, murdered somebody yeah. to keep them from murdering me, I'm just gonna go out in the canoe for a little bit. Well, I mean, I the always... alternative would be running through the forest, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or running and... down the highway. I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe she was just trying to wait for. But yeah. She also got her ass handed to her as well. Yeah. yeah, and that's like an ongoing thing through these movies. What is it with the female survivors and canoes in the boat? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen just this time. Well, what I, is it true. With them in the boat. Well, with this one, with this one especially, I always read that as. She got out into the middle of the lake to, to avoid someone being able to get to her quickly. Now, yeah, no one can sneak nice. up on her. Yeah, no one can. Well, <laughs> we think. <laughs> Unless they're super. Well, except for like aquatic dead boys, you yeah. know, which you would plan for. But the, and, and then the part I have with that is it is a dream sequence because if Jason died all those years ago, he would be older than that. And then when we get into part two and stuff, he is a man and he's alive. He is not something that was living in the water. So that is really and truly is a dream sequence. Well, and, and there are, that's another thing that happens. Uh, these end of the movie sequences that end yes. up getting kind of retconned at the beginning of the, the next, next film. <laughs> and so, yeah, this one is, you know, there was a boy, da, 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 da. Uh, there was a man, there was a boy. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the next film takes place what the next day or something or, no, right. no, no, actually, uh, five years later. Yeah, part two is five oh, years later. Part two is five years later. Part two, it takes five, plays five. But on a small note, before we move on to uh, part two, uh, the guy that plays Jason, Ari Lehman, I actually met him uh, years ago. I worked at a theme park in South Florida. We did a whole Halloween horror night, things like Universal did. He came, he did an autograph signing, and you wouldn't believe it. You know, he was just the boy in the makeup. How many people come out just to see him because he did play a Jason? Yeah, in the movies, and I have an autographed picture of. But it was funny. He signs the picture of the hockey mask, Jason, which I didn't get until later. <laughs> yeah. But he'll write Ari Lehman, the first Jason, and then he, of course, he'll say thanks, Jason, for seeing me or whatever. And I'm just like, but he's a really cool That's guy, cool. and he does show up to all the things. But he was a really cool guy, and got to talk to him about you know, like what kind of what we were doing right now. It's like, man, I love the Friday Thirteenth movies, yeah. and 
I know you run the movie for this long, but it was still a great and tragic scene to my memory. <laughs> so it's very frightening. I actually have a piece of original art of his. <laughs> it's it's not <laughs> not really anything that impressive. He just kind of drew something at a con and signed it, and I got that and a hockey jersey that he signed with uh, the yeah. number thirteen on it. Uh, another another thing that while Jason's bringing that up is. I, Jenny and I, 13 is our lucky number. And Jenny and I were actually married on a Friday the 13th as well. Hey, that's yeah. fun. And Josh wore a Friday the 13th t-shirt under his tux yep. the <laughs> whole day. And then um, when we were like making our exit or whatever, he took off his... I unbuttoned you know, I unbuttoned my shirt. Yeah, and and in some of our Friday, pictures, yeah, you could see the Friday the Thirteenth, the hockey mask and stuff. And, and we kind of did the same thing in my first marriage. Is I was wearing a Michael Myers shirt. He's wearing the Friday Thirteenth shirt under his. So Friday Thirteenth worked for them because yeah, that yeah, I'm obviously divorced. So we tried to do the. I tried to t- steal some of their magic them all, by, getting, bro. By, by getting married on Friday the 13th. It didn't work for me. It works for one per, one couple and that's the two of them. So that's their day and their number. Don't ever get married on that day. They already took it. Took it. It's ruined now. It's theirs. So, I mean, from here we'll move into part two. Wait, wait, wait. Well, you I, got... I have a question. Okay. So, Jason's been alive all this time. Like, living with his mother or where is he because she thinks he's dead i think like, he he literally just lived in the woods and never went back and then he saw her get beheaded that mom. night and i don't know maybe well, he was just scared to go this back. goes back to josh talking about how them they wrote themselves into corners because yes. yeah. that's exactly right and they don't address it because it doesn't make sense yeah well i mean we'll, we're getting into part two obviously part one was a big hit 60 million at the box office and they were going to ride that train until they didn't have, didn't, couldn't ride it anymore. So there was immediately a sequel put into place. The idea was to run with Jason being the killer. Um, so this one, uh, part two came out May 1st of 1981 and with a budget of 1.25 million ended up doing 21 million at the box office office. Again, I don't think this movie has a lot to offer to be completely honest, but it was a success, and this is another reason why this franchise continued to go. And we're we're back again with um, Harry Manfredini's score leading us into the movie. That that is your through with all of these for sure. Um, you guys watched more of these horror um, franchises than I than I did from the eighties. Did they all have recaps in the beginning? That would like tell you what happened in the last movie or whatever. Um, there's a few of them that do because I guess uh, they had recurring characters from the previous one, and sometimes uh, there's one in uh, between Halloween four and five, they do a recap because it shows yeah. you how Michael happened to him. Uh, what else, Josh? There was a couple more. No, I mean, honestly, Friday the 13th is more synonymous with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there were other particularly the second one. It is long, like it's like over six minutes long of a recap. It's like, wow, dude. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think there are some good things in the second movie, um, particularly this beginning with Alice from the first film. I think uh, the way they take her out early is unexpected, and I. Yeah, it's a nice surprise that when he pops up and just takes her out right in the beginning of the movie, 
that's good stuff. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of problems with that. Obviously, I mean we don't know where she is. I doubt she lives. Maybe she lives not too far away from the camp, but he travels out that way just to to stalk her down. I guess if if you saw someone kill your mother, maybe you'd do the same thing. But I, I felt like it was a bit of a cheat for Alice because she she lived lived through that first one, and then all of a sudden, boop, she's gone in this one. So I, I, I did have I, a fear of ice picks now. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I'm just thinking about thinking about something like uh, like Scream and how everyone loves the opening of Scream yeah. where Drew Barrymore gets. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what's happening here. Yes. Yeah. It's shocking, and it tells you that nobody's safe in the movie because we'll kill off our yeah our main girl. You know. Well, like you were saying with the flashbacks, this movie's not even an hour long. Once you take the flashbacks out of it, so they're they're really rehashing the formula pretty 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 well. <laughs> um, but this is five years later. It's apparently five years after the first. Because it seems like when Alice is in her apartment and she's you know talking on the phone, like people are concerned about her. It seems oh. like it's relatively soon. Right, that like actual a, that actual that part is two months after, and then uh, when we get to the camp is five years later. Okay, you thank go. you for clearing. Yes, thank you that's for what clearing it is. up the yeah, timeline. She, she's still, yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, the, the, Josh can get into that or about the whole timeline of these movies. It's yeah. crazy, especially after these ones we talk about. It goes all over the place. But yeah, the whole Alice thing is two months after he saw his mom beheaded. He goes and kills her, and then. The next thing is at back at the camp is five years later. Yeah. So I do believe. I think I'm right. Well, there you have it. Where's our uh, you know stats guy? Can we get that checked? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that makes sense. I'll take your intern. Word for it. Intern. <laughs> yeah, it make, I mean, it definitely makes sense because the, the the guy telling the story at the campfire says she just disappeared two months later. That's right. There I remember go. that. Yeah. Okay. But in, in in everything you read in the synopsis for this movie. It says five years after the events of part one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now in this movie and in, and we'll go into the third. I think they struck a deal with Volkswagen or at least <laughs> or, they, or they got through this couple, whole series. They got yeah. some deals on some Volkswagen Beetles because <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, so we get our, our Volkswagen Beetle in this movie. We're introduced to all the counselors. These seem like they're a little more responsible camp counselors like they're there they're getting ready but and and their whole thing kind of leads to well if you want to have a one last night on the town they go do that and then hell ensues yeah. from there yeah like so, get it out of your system don't yeah. take it back to the camp before the kids get there so it seems like they're genuinely there to do to to to, to be camp counselors um but one thing i did want to say about the opening sequence with alice is the you see you know what is supposed to be Jason walking through the town to go to go to kill Alice. That is the first and only time Jason has ever been portrayed by a female. Yes. Uh, it was uh, a it was a female that shot that scene. I don't I don't have her name, but it was definitely a female that they used for that shot. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because multiple people that until later in the series, there was a different person playing Jason in every movie. Yeah. And sometimes multiple in one movie, if, if you had some heavy stunts, sometimes yeah. if the guy that they hired to play Jason wasn't a stunt person, they had to have a stunt guy do the stunts. Yeah, and if the stunt guy couldn't act well enough to play Jason, <laughs> then they had the yeah. He could only do stunts. 
<laughs> You're not swinging that machete properly. We need a, we need an actor to uh, swing this machete. That uh, yeah, that really wasn't that great of a swing. We need more believable. But with the first one and this one alike, and and all of these as we go through, when we eventually get through all of these Friday the Thirteenth movies, is the MPAA hacked this <laughs> hacked these movies apart. Oh yeah. They shot so many so many death scenes and so many kills for these movies that ended up on the cutting room floor and they had every intention of making them very very uh, you know smart and or as bloody as they could to for entertainment's sake and the MPAA was like nope you're getting the next if you put that on. So there is so many scenes on the cutting room floor from this series that we would probably just brush right off right now. I mean yeah. You look at some of the stuff that we got away with back. It's it's even funny to me that they hacked it apart so much back then, considering we were seeing, you know, naked women and and f bombs and blood and all kinds of stuff in PG rated movies back in that time. Mm-hmm. This these ha- had to fight for a ra- for R rating. It's it's just really it makes you think that they really did have it out for the horror genre back at that time, which apparently they did. But you've got Jaws, you know, tearing people apart, blood everywhere, you know, that yeah, kind but of see, stuff. That's, that's different because it's a giant shark that probably can't exist, but there can be a guy walking around with a machete hacking people up. Hmm. So, so, yeah. So there are scenes from this one that are that are very legendary in in the series that were on that were cut out. And there's a new they're releasing the the whole series again on Blu-ray through Scream Factory, which. I definitely want because they finally found the footage from part two that they had to cut out and they, they spliced it back in. So you can look at, so the, uh, the spear scene or the kebab oh, scene yeah. that they call mm-hmm. it, that was a lot more. You saw a lot more of that and it was a lot bloodier when they, when it happened and they I told think him they they actually, to you it. could actually see it. They had it risen where you could actually see the spear going like into his back and then yeah. coming through. And they had to cut pretty much the whole thing out. Yeah. Um, yeah and the process cool. they had to go through to get this footage back was very, very interesting to read about because the the tape that they got, all the tape had melded together because it had been sitting in a box over time. So I, I read this whole article about how they had to save that footage and they basically had to bake the film in an oven to loosen it, to separate it from from itself. And surprisingly, they were able to save the majority of the footage out of that. I, it, it's crazy. If if you if you can find that article online, I definitely would suggest reading it because it's a very interesting process. Gotta love to science. Through. I find historical <laughs> preservation and restoration fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Like, how do they even do that stuff? So, but it's and, also like in this movie. I mean, like uh, at the beginning, they're having that whole conversation that, uh, you know, what was his name Paul. Yeah, the head counselor, the uh, the Eric's uh, twin brother, and uh, I still say he looks like Eric. <laughs> Interesting. I gotta look up. <laughs> I'm not. I brought that up to Josh today. I said, "Why is it that this counselor reminds me of Eric? I don't know why." But they're sitting around the whole campfire thing, like you're telling ghost stories at the camp, and they bring up Jason. But that's really besides when Miss Voorhees had mentioned to uh, Alice from the first movie about Jason. So this whole mythos through the town had grown to saying there's a guy out here, his name is Jason and he still haunts these woods and, you know, all the old people in town talk about him. And that's how I I think, you know, that's really the first time we really get a whole thing about Jason still lurking in the woods. He didn't drown. 
you know, that was all a mistake, you know, but like, I don't know if that's like uh, Eric and Josh about retconning the story. Yeah. To go back. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah and you have guys like Ralph, uh, the death Crazy Ralph, <laughs> and the guy laying in the street uh, who claims that did Jason, that yeah. was weird. He claims that Jason, Jason gave him the eyeball, <laughs> told him to, yeah, told him to warn them or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's part um, three. Yeah, that's part. Oh, that's part of three. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but uh, Jason doesn't, doesn't talk, right? So how do you? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But uh, I think there's some good stuff in two, and and I like that the main girl, and I forget her name because I always Jenny. It's Jenny. Um, her name in the movie is Jenny. Her name's Amy Steele. Yeah. Okay, Amy Jenny. Steele, yeah. Um, I like how and Jenny. I, it's me. Kind of, kind of gets into the you know the bar scene where she's talking about the psychology yeah. of Jason. Yeah. And you know kind of empathizing with his situation, trying to understand his motivations, that kind of stuff. That was interesting. Uh, and we don't get a lot of that uh, in the other films. In right. fact, I think she might be my favorite girl because a, you know, she's lot. clever. And yep. uh, maybe they get into it in later, but in these five. Um, but I, she's, she, she's get, thinking critically where uh, characters in these movies well i mean that that ultimately saves her in the end of this one she's able she's able to to use what she sees for her benefit because and i always found that kind of weird once you get to the end of this one with the whole shrine set up and 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 whatnot even as a kid i kind of i knew what it was but it seemed weird to me i love the shed i love the i love his shed it's creepy inside it, he's got yeah, like the altar, so cozy. The, the 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 sweater and the the head sitting there. That yeah. is all effectively creepy and yeah. and and I, I like the, the you know the, just the set design <laughs> of all that. And you know it's it's good stuff. Yeah, very creepy. And so, and we can say that you know these movies were like the greatest PSA to not hitchhike ever, right? <laughs> you know, Jenny brought that up when we were watching these movies, and there's a lot of things from back in that time that people were very just kind of willy-nilly on and would right. pe- people have no problem hitchhiking, no lots problem. Lots of hitchhiking in, in old horror films and stuff, yeah. Lots of skinny dipping. People were not afraid to get naked in front of each other. Nah, hey, what's up, yeah. You know, there's. I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but yeah, there there is a lot that that goes into these that you're really relying on. Oh well, they're just stupid kids. They're naive. They're gonna do this, <laughs> and that's where they're gonna end up in a bad situation. Yeah, right. Don't break the rules. No sex. No, no drugs. But yeah, you, you say that you know Jenny's smart. I mean, she yeah she knows there's someone in the room when they go into the house and. Oh yeah, yeah. that's so, right. I mean, you 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 are yearning for someone like that in these movies or yeah. I am anyway, when I watch them, I'm like, I want somebody to just stop for a minute and think about the situation. <laughs> yeah. there, there is one that we'll get to that I think is a little bit, there's better, another one better than this yes. one. You're, you're right. Um, yeah. Jenny definitely was the, the opposite of most uh, final girls. Uh, I guess at that time it was yeah, like, she was mentally prepared for this. Like she's already thinking, Jason is really probably out there. I need to be on cue. And like yeah. Josh just brought up, when they walk in that room, even when you're watching this movie, you see it in her eyes. Like she knows there is something wrong. Like something is off. And it's yeah. like, all right, this girl's on point. She she knows what's going on. And then next thing you know, Jason pops up. 
Mr. Baghead himself. And I, I do and like I'll go after it. I do like the Baghead look. I do too. I, I the Baghead another another great design choice in this movie. Like all the design stuff yeah. in this it movie a, kind yeah. of looks unique and more you know like the Crazy Man in the Woods yeah. Yeah. stuff uh, than the other movies. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, I I don't mind the Baghead. Um, I still wasn't a big fan. The, my problem with the Baghead. Well, for one thing, they kind of took the idea from the town that dreaded sundown because yeah. the killer, which that is actually kind of semi based on a true story of the baghead guy, but he had two holes, not just the one hole, eye hole. Yeah, but, uh, Jason. Yeah, I guess he had a bad not eye. Not two holes. Why not two he, holes? He just had the one. But the, yeah. my problem with it is. Well, yeah, because he was kind of yeah. lopsided. Yeah. Yeah. But my problem is, yeah, he's got the baghead. But I mean, he is wearing a brand new pair of overalls and a nice flannel shirt like he just went down to sears and picked it right up <laughs> he picked it up shelf. at the woolworths yeah something and i'm like this guy is living i mean he's obviously breaking in somewhere but in this movie i mean he's wearing some nice clothes and this is really the last time you actually see jason wearing some decent clothes the rest of the time it's you know tattered rip blood soaked whatever you know rotting but that was my problem. The backhead was cool. It was just like, I think the wardrobe department kind of could have done a little well, how bit. I mean, pra how practical is the backhead as well? Because you know you wouldn't be running around with that on your head and being yeah. able to see out of it. Yeah, they yeah. even, they yeah. even they say they had to, tape it or they had well, to put a, double face tape around his eyes so it would stay there so he'd be able to run while wearing it. Well, that it. burlap you can kind of see through too, but yeah. just saying. So I'm sure for the actual cover, they wanted to use something thicker on the inside, you know. So and, uh, you can see all right, who played Jason this time? We can't. You, that's the thing. We have to at least mention the guys who played Jason. And who does it on this one? Is it, I, I think it was two guys that did Jason in this one. I think there were two guys, but I did not write either of their names down. Oh, okay. Okay, hold on. I think it was Warrington Gillette and then Steve Dash. Yeah. I go. think they're the guys who played Jason in this one. And Jason isn't. Uh, isn't as big as he becomes in the future films no. in this one. He, he's more of like a regular sized dude in this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's a question that I was thinking of. Uh, do you think that Sloth from Goonies is loosely inspired based? by <laughs> Jason? Uh, hmm. a, a, a maybe possibly disabled child, abused, turns into a massive brute with a lopsided head. You know, could be just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, by that time, part four had been out, so Jason had gotten bigger in the movies, so it's definitely mm -hmm. a possibility. Six degrees of Jason Voorhees. You don't know when somebody goes through <laughs> trauma how they're going to react to it. You know, sometimes people are have a awful childhood, childhood, and they, you know, whatever for whatever reason, something inside them, it because of that, it makes them want to be a better person, right? And then some people are are brought pulled down by that for whatever this, reason this, not you know and and uh that's your difference between jason and sloth sloth yearned to be good and jason did, does does not this but, psa brought to you by the vhs files <laughs> <laughs> be a sloth not a jason yeah don't be a jason <laughs> it, whoa hey well I, I i take offense to that <laughs> <laughs> why is everybody picking on me so yeah, they, they, I mean, unless anybody has anything else they'd like to bring up about part two, I'm done with it. Well, just again, we're, we, we end, oh, Jason does too, but I, we end with a, another questionable sequence at the end because 
She's yeah. sitting there. They think that, and then Jason jumps in through the window. Love the red herring with with muffin, the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then the things I was going to. And then up. she wakes up at the hospital. And not even at the hospital. She's just on a oh, gurney at the camp. I, yeah, I'm trying, they're blending together. But yes, <laughs> she asks where the guy is. Guy's Paul. apparently dead. Yep. There's oh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing alluding oh. to where he is. Well, and we're the, left one scratching our head again. What 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 just yeah. happened? Yeah, well that's the thing. That's what I was gonna get is like, okay, well, it's uh the two of them in Jason's shed, he fights them, she supposedly kills him by putting the machete like straight through his shoulder, like down through yeah. the collarbone, and he's dead. Well, they obviously say the bag, they see his face, but we don't see his face. Yeah. And then later they get back again with the peaceful music muffin the dog that we had saw a dog earlier in the movie totally yeah. ripped apart it looked just like muffin well muffin comes through the door and then this really crazy looking guy and you know it's jason because he's wearing his you know sears and roebuck overalls coming through the window the the crazy hair the deformed face and everything yeah, he's like a mountain that. man yeah yeah he's, he's huge and and then you know as they put her on the gurney to put her in there, she's asking about Paul. But Paul was there. So, again, do we have another dream sequence? Absolutely is, we do because we have yeah. to get to another movie somehow. Exactly because they're always like, all right, these movies are making money, and we roll into the next one. And that when we get to part three, I have – that deals with what's happening here in part two, I have a problem with in part three. Yeah. It's like oh, Wayne's World. You're not kidding. That's basically what they have to rely on as far as moving but, forward with these. Yeah, but that's the thing is what happened to Paul? Paul just You think Paul just like moved and went home and he's fine? <laughs> that's what I want to think. I mean, because he was trying he was trying to hook up with Jenny again, you know, like and he said, Hey, this ain't happened. I'm out of here. I'm moving yeah. back to the city. Screw He had this. a job opportunity, something else, <laughs> I'm out, getting a different you know? field. Yeah, he found that this new company was starting. Apple hopped on that wagon. <laughs> moved on new starter company called Apple. Apple. Yeah, the starter yeah. company. Yeah, he moved on. But all right, Josh, take us on into the next right. one. And so that one ends on the again. They wrote themselves into a corner with the cliffhangers. So from this point forward, we're going to get the cliffhanger on every on every one, most of them anyway. And then we move on to. Again, the, the part two was very successful, $21 million in the box office. So, again, get another sequel out there. Part three and part – I'm going to go ahead and say three, four, and five all had a budget of $2.2 million. $2.2 million for all <laughs> three This is all you're getting. Them. Yeah. And they were, and they were making money. And they, they were not flops, So, but they would not increase the budget for these people. They were like, nope, you're going to – that's why we're making money is because you're making them super cheap. And we're getting a lot money, a lot of money in the box office. Not even for 3D, right? Not even for 3D. You have to do 3D now, but your budget's two point two million dollars. Support that, and so get, so get to work with your rubber snake. But again, <laughs> oh, oh God! <laughs> so this oh. one, this one did well at the box office as well. Thirty-six million at the box office. It did better than the second one did, and picks up right where part two ends it is it is literally the next day when, yeah, where, that's where, where, where i was getting pick up. mixed up yes yeah. so yeah now this we're now is, this we're is where we get the continuity of where these next couple movies actually take place over a period right. of just a couple of days right so. yeah. and then after that the rest of the series continuity gone 
Yeah. Well, we'll definitely <laughs> be talking about the continuity of this series moving forward, even into the ones we'll talk about later down the road. So this was the one that always stuck out in my mind and the one that I watched the most. Obviously, because it's the one where he gets the hockey mask, he he essentially becomes the Jason we all know and and love, quote unquote, <laughs> from this point forward. And this is the one that I always watched the most. This and 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 part four, um, because it, it was it was where this incarnation of Jason started and where they evolved it from. From here was only minute changes, and but you still had they they knew where they were going with that character from that point forward. But yeah, and and he looks more like what he looks more like the boy from the first movie. Yes, yeah, at least yes. with the bald and like the patchy hair and that, you know like disfigurement and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the the look of him fits more with the first movie than the second. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now that we moved into the third one about the whole since we're talking about looks, um, because I I said earlier in the movie, part three was the first time I'd seen a Friday Thirteenth movie. That was the whole sneaking out, watching it behind your parents over the couch. You know. yeah. But the one later when I actually saw part two and I saw the way he looked when he come through. And then, of course, for when we do these podcasts, we all go back and we get a refresher, even though I've probably seen part three more times than I could count. And you start looking, but when, like you said, this all takes place basically the same day, right after Jason's, and he's wandering around. He comes up to the, the little shack where the, the two people live. And you see Jason. All right, now we saw Jason again, again, burly mountain man, right? Okay. Well, we see Jason standing in the laundry, and he's obviously needing a new shirt because he got, you know, she hacked him through it. So he messed up his brand new Sears and Roebuck shirt. And he's still, <laughs> but first thing we look at is Jason now has no hair, completely shaven, just you know, like, it's like, I guess he stopped and said, Man, uh, can you take this machine out of me? And I need a shave. You know, he maybe it's. It. He bicked it. He got tired of the mountain man look. I mean, maybe like, it's like the fugitive, you know? Like, he's a fugitive. He wants to change yeah, his look up. Yeah, you, know you got to change his look a little bit. Hey, I need a new shave shirt. Hair. No, shave no, no. Hair. What it was is he was like, these girls don't find me sexy in my burlap sack and my overalls and my flannel shirt. I'm going full tilt. Just shave it all off. This is my new identity. He, they he, like he athletes, stopped, you know? He, so he stopped at the barber boy. shop on the way to, to this convenience store. And he was hungry. He wanted some food. And he and he just found some some clothes on a, on on a clothesline and decided to take them and put them on. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I'm not eating any food out of that little store because <laughs> yeah. that guy walks through yeah, and he terrible. has a he has a buffet. Here's a donut. Here's yeah. some peanuts. I puts the lid right back. He like on licked it. something. He's oh. eating he, the he fish takes food. The, he ate fish food for one. Yeah. And then he yeah he drinks the he drinks the orange juice as well and closes yeah. it back. Up. Yeah, it puts it all back. And then there's a rabbit hopping around in the you know vegetables and everything it's like I, I if i even if i was i don't know if jason's probably eating you know dogs or whatever like that but i think i'd even draw a line at me dude this guy just drank the orange juice and put it back I'm like come on what are you a madman are you a psycho so. yeah and he's <laughs> supposed to be watching his diet too yeah coming yes. back on the ju- junk food well the th- doctor this, said this couple is a match made in heaven i have to say <laughs> this woman is a complete just is fed up with this guy. It's like, why are you even with this dude? He is, doesn't care about himself. She's just completely nagging on him the whole time. That's exactly what I said to Jenny when we were watching. I said, this is a star five star couple right here. Yep. They were meant Classic. to be together, mm-hmm. but <laughs> she nags cause she cares. <laughs> 
but then we find out why the rabbit was loose. And then that leads us yeah. to something Eric just <laughs> rubber snake. There, but it's, it's not well, no. the fact that it's a rubber snake when they do the whole 3D gimmicks. Yeah, you can actually see the the string fishing line, yeah. whatever wrapped around it, pulling it toward the camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god! Look, I didn't see that as a kid. It's something definitely you see as you're an adult and you see things on, uh, not even VHS. I don't know. You probably could have saw it on VHS. I think I did. It's pretty like, egregious. Yeah. DVD and then Blu-ray. It really gets worse. <laughs> It does not hold up over time. <laughs> we were talking about the 3D in this, and and this was one of the first times they really shot with the 3D cameras. The crew was so miserable when they were trying to shoot this because every shot they had to set up was 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 directed to where things had to be in camera and it had to be just right, or they had, they couldn't use the takes. So if you go back and listen to interviews of, with the cast and whatnot from when they're shooting this, they said it was horrible because they were so worried. Like they even it came down to like the to the nudity in the movie. They were like, "Oh, well, if the nipple can't be in the shot sticking out, then we're not going to do it." <laughs> they were that, yeah. Like they were they were crazy about how the three D needed to be in this. So do you need some ice for for all the for for all the three D shots. Nipples did not cross my mind when I was watching this, but yeah, yeah I guess that. maybe that maybe that was there. You know, of course, I've never seen this in three D. So, well, the this little the the set that I have came with the um, the ability to watch it in 3D and, and gave us 3D glasses. Oh, that's so fun. I turned it on and watched it, and it's, it's not very good. <laughs> yeah, and you could tell the... I mean, we've uh, seen you know, such better 3D since yeah. then, yeah. so yeah. it's hard. And you got to love the gimmicks, you know, like the the handle of something up there, the baseball bat, the the snake, and then... The yo-yo. The yo-yo. Yeah. Uh, even the wallet, when he throws the wallet, you know, just trying to get those 3D shots. Because I'm thinking... There was one thing, I think it was the yo-yo. They were actually trying to do like ping pong, but they couldn't get the ball to bounce right at the camera. Yeah. So they had to change. All right, we're going to do something different. We can't get the ping pong. That's when they went to the juggling. juggling, They're very shoehorned in too. It's just like, why does this guy have a yo-yo? Why are we focused on this yo-yo? But they're they're trying to get more gags in there. I mean, that that fits in with talking about the tone of these movies and that they're not really meant to be taken super seriously. You know, fun. just yeah, putting putting the 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 gimmick of a of a 3D on there is just about thrills and chills and fun and movies and whatever, and that's that's great. I think the most realistic part of the open part opening part where he sees the snake is that he has to run because he basically just shit himself because a rattlesnake <laughs> dumps in his face. Yeah. That's probably some of the best acting through a lot of these movies. Is yeah, how he really I shit myself. Go. I could attest for sure. right there yeah. in your face. I'm going. Absolutely. <laughs> so we move on to the next group at the at the camp. And I was always a little confused by this as a kid, but it, it's just a, a house. It's not camp counselors. And the lake looks nothing like the lake looked in the past two movies. It's overgrown with oak trees and looks it's it's just not the same area at all. Dude, and, well, they're not at a camp, right? So right. Yeah, well, the lake is huge. Uh, that's all I'm thinking. And this thing is miles wide because yeah. of all. Because we're like I said, we're going to talk about this movie takes place. Uh, these next few movies take place over a couple of days. And why were people not knowing what was going on? Oh, it's on the other side of the lake. We haven't gotten the paper yet. We don't know. <laughs> they didn't have the 24-hour news cycle back then. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm right. just saying this particular this particular place does not look like yeah. any, any other setting that we're going to go to in the next couple mm-hmm. of movies. What do you feel like, what do you feel about the, the gang this time? 
The motorcycle gang or just the no, gang just of the, kids? the kids. No, poor choice of words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you mean the motorcycle gang that, that drove out of the the Beat It video into yeah. this movie? Yeah. No, I, I should have said gang. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, the kids. Because you know we have Shelly to thank for our, dude, resi- our resident Man, our resident I prankster for Shelly. I like yeah. Shelly. I really like Shelly. Yeah, we didn't talk about the prankster in part two, which I guess would have been the guy who ended up in the in the bear trap in the middle of the woods, or yeah. that was sexually harassing the girl and stealing her clothes uh-huh. and whatnot. Oh yeah, was he the prankster or was Ted the prankster? The... Well, Ted was the prankster. Or, well, I said there was second it was, one. He it was, was Ned in part one. It was Ted. Okay, so yeah, Ted would have been the prank, and and, and surprisingly enough, Ted made it out of the movie. In, in part he? two, yeah, yeah, he, because man, they left him that. at the bar. They left they him at the bar. At the bar. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he's wow. they left. Dude, you see all those beer bottles? He wasn't driving home. He stayed there. Him, his alcoholism saved his life. Yeah, he stayed. <laughs> he stayed with the, the bartender that night. And, and I'm not by any way condoning, you know, to go get shit faced drunk every time you're you know, camp counseling because there's a possibility there's a mass killer and you could survive if you just drink yourself into oblivion. But no. <laughs> But that worked for him. He survived, but we never hear from him again. He's yeah. like Paul. He disappears. That's what it is. Ted and Paul ran away together. That's mm. that's what it is. Because mm. they did work together before because he was like his right-hand man. So, so but Go this time story. this time we're not at a camp. We're at like a little uh, lake, house. lake house with a barn and, and whatnot. And you, the, our main character has had some sort of episode that has happened to her out here and that's why mm-hmm. she's not been back and this is something i found kind of interesting that they went into and this one was is, is jason apparently likes to sexually assault girls as well as not just kill them the, is in- that implied though i mean he jumps it, on her and stuff but like it, 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 it wasn't is implied but you really don't know the story i guess you could say it's implied but yeah. at no point is it outright said that he is sexually assaulting her she doesn't right. say that right she just says he grabs her and yeah. we get mm-hmm. a flashback don't we a, a very brief flashback and he does one. jump on her in a fashion that would maybe make you think that i i just don't know like is he capable of that i i see him as sort of like this simple child man yeah yeah and that and happened like it, yeah. go ahead Oh, well, also the fact that he, you know, he seems to kill people who are sexually active yeah. because he's probably asexual or, or hates. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of Michael Myersy in that regard, too. Right. Uh, yeah. Just sort of like a, a child that does not like uh, a teenage girls or whatever, yeah. you know, or young yeah. people. Yeah, because what happened to her, I think that was two years prior. Like, it took her two years to come back because her, well, um, what is the guy in this one that she's crushing in? I forgot his name. Uh, she's not too, too interested in him. Right? I forgot what his name was. Rick is his name. Rick, yeah, because he's all like, hey, I'm, you know, let's, you know, pick up where we took a left off type thing, and, you know. And again, uh, a Volkswagen. Yeah, the Volkswagen. Another Volkswagen. And uh, because they're out in the woods talking about it, and that's when she goes into the whole thing where he had attacked her and everything. But yeah, it's just implied. You really don't know. And I I don't know if, like you said, like Eric brought, like, why would he even want to do that? Because it's almost like something that drives him to kill these kids is because it's something that's. He doesn't seem sexually driven. No, it just. In any way to me. In my brain, he didn't. Yeah, in my brain, he was just probably trying to kill her, but. That's just me. I, I just think I, that the writers I mean. implied it, but I don't think that's what 
Well, you've got the sexual repression with her and Rick because, like, he seems like he's all for it, and she's like, "I just want to slow it down. Mm-hmm. I want to take things it's slow." True. So maybe that's where I get that from. But that's I mean, fair. That that's why she feels the way she feels about it. So, <clears throat> but maybe yeah, so. we get we get our Volkswagen Beetle in this one, <laughs> and um, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say. I mean, there's some there are some good kills in this one for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of the 3D, there's the 3D eyeball pop, which is nice. Yeah. yeah oh that, yeah. Rick, when he Rick gets is killed. head head squished. Mm-hmm. That is actually a pretty neat little uh, thing yeah. too, because she's standing right there. That's yeah. that's a pretty good shot. Well, and that's also where we get our introduction to Jason having this just like brute strength to where he could just pick a dude up and crush yeah, his he's head huge with his hands. Yeah. 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 He's like the yeah, Incredible because... Hulk. Yeah, because he's a pretty good-sized guy. He's literally picking him up by his head. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I like that addition, making him... Uh, I, I like the the visceral aspect of him just crushing, killing with his bare hands. Yeah. You know, it just makes him a little scarier than somebody with a, a, a knife or a right. machete or whatever. Yeah. It's nice I think that he gets his hands dirty sometimes. I just think the sad part of this whole movie is the fact that Shelley died. He gave us the mask that is now an iconic thing in all of movie history, and he yep. didn't even survive the movie. And I like Shelly in this. I mean, he was the prankster guy. He he was the the special effects guy. He even had some cool of his own, you know, like the the axe in the head and yeah, the, yeah. Everything. I mean, he, I mean, he played some pretty dumbass pranks on these kids. Yeah, uh, insensitive. Yeah, but uh, and it's not our first time seeing a character that's into special effects, which is a little yes. strange, but. Uh, but the thing is, is like you saw Shelly leave, you know, because he, the girl that he was trying to hook up with, he, <laughs> he thinks the best way to get to her heart is to scare her to death <laughs> and give her a heart attack. Is, is this the whole thing that we? I mean, we've talked about this before, Jenny. You know, uh, if a guy likes you, <laughs> he's mean to you. But this way, he yeah. like, but she's really trying to scare her to death through the yeah, whole. Yeah, that's like a more extreme version of he's mean to you. He's gonna scare yeah. you to death. Sweetheart, if he dresses up with a hockey mask and he chases you with an axe, that means he likes you. <laughs> That's how Josh got you, right? Hockey mask, machete, you know, oh, I'm in love. <laughs> it's total, but the thing is, is he disappears and then they say, you know, do we get the first iconic scene? Like the thing is like, now we go back and you're like, this is the first time you see Jason with a hockey mask. Yeah. And he just walks out. He has the hockey mask and the spear gun. What happened yep. to Shelly? Because usually always shows... Yeah. He kills and then he moves on, but we didn't see that happen. So they, I mean, the, this one is where they. I don't really think they did well. They kind of do with Paul's character in part two, but this is where they also start doing this, where they allude to people's deaths and don't yeah. show them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, and yeah, you start things start happening off screen more. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll see somebody scream and then you don't see him again. Yeah, like. Or, Shows up later at the doorway, and again they're thinking, "Oh, you're you're screwing with us again." Yeah. That's good makeup until she touches. He's like, Poof, he falls yep. over. Oh crap, he's dead. Yeah. And like, but hey, we out of all this, we thank Shelly for giving us the hockey mask. <laughs> yeah, part three gave us the hockey mask. So did anybody find? Did anybody find the stoner couple like sort of like? It seemed like they were much older than the other kids. Yes, oh, yeah. they were. It was like, why? Why are these people here? I mean, obviously, so they could have some weed, I guess. But it's I, I always remembered that as a kid. Is like, why are they? Why are they hanging out with these old people? <laughs> yeah, that guy. 
look like Tommy Chong now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was old. Gray hair. Yeah, I slept in a ditch last night, man. I almost froze my balls off. <laughs> but the Do- thing is, at the end of the movie, I guess because of Chris's uh, a previous run-in with Jason and then, of course, the whole running around and chasing, like, again, it's the same thing again girl running away from jason type thing and she survives and she just freaking loses it dude like last straw mine's broken i'm yeah. in a loony bin put me in a straight jacket as they're taking her out in the cop car i feel like she's definitely the most hysterical uh girl that we get in these five movies like when she yeah. screams it you know once things start happening it's like she's totally lost it. Yeah. Well, and you get another dream sequence there too with yeah. With the with, now this time with with Jason's mom who has her head back on her body <laughs> and is a zombie. <laughs> really good makeup though. I mean, it was cool with with the worms stuff and stuff yeah, the coming worms, off of her head. Man, that was a that was really cool. I think where they were aiming with Chris's character in that one is, is she's already had this trauma that she wouldn't come back to the lake for. She goes through another trauma just to find out that it is the same person that attacked her when she was there before. I can kind of see where they went with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we and we all forgot one thing. We get the iconic uh, scar in the hockey mask in yeah. this one, too. That's right. The axe yeah. to the, the axe head. It's the, the mask. Because yeah. that's the part where she thinks she kills him and she takes the mask off. It brings up to what Josh said. She realizes it's the same guy. Yeah. Right. When he takes his mask off. No, I, I always, I always really loved that. That was the way they dispatched Jason in this one, and I, I think it's pretty effective. I like that, you know, she gives him the axe to the head, but he still continues to come for that brief moment. You think, oh my god, like how, <laughs> who is this yeah, the, guy? The hands with those jagged fingernails that are like two inches long. No, that's green. that doesn't happen until four. Actually. Right, he doesn't get the the nasty fingers till yeah. four. Oh no, you can see him through this a couple of times. He's got some dirt in there, some hammered freaking like he's got. Uh, he does have like a real bruise under. Yeah, his there's head. one. Of, yeah. yeah, I think it was a part. Is it part two? Yeah, uh, on the yeah, thumb. What he said, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got his thumb. But yeah, you see the griminess under his fingernail. But yeah, part four, it's really getting ugly. But yeah, it's just. Yeah. But you get the iconic. Maybe you get the hockey mask, and then you get the iconic scar that they kind of stay with through the rest of the movies. Yeah. So. It's funny they 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 the things they chose to stick with through most of these are some of the weirdest decisions. It's it's like okay, Jason's definitely not the same person he was in part two, but we're gonna make sure we keep this little slit in his mask through the rest <laughs> yeah. of the movies, you know. But it's like yeah, we don't care about the stories and the timelines lining up. Long as that little scar yeah. is in the mask, that's that's, that's the only continuity it. continuity we care about. <laughs> Cottonudity. Nudity. Cottonudity. Cock cock and nudity. What? Because <laughs> I don't There's think there's some it's really serious fair. Con- continuity in these films. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's really not fair to the female uh, viewers that you know most of the nudity in this movie is all female. So, but I, I mean, I never complained about it as a teenager. <laughs> so that's why most people watch these movies is the amount of nudity throughout the movies. There are no women who are just out there yeah naked all the time like yeah, let's go skinny dipping and i don't care who sees me that's just not <laughs> a thing 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a, a lot of the people I know, like you guys who saw these when you were a kid and love them uh, from, from that point, I can see why a prepubescent kid would like these movies. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> everything a kid's not supposed to see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, topless women, gore blood language drugs oh, all that it's kind not of even stuff topless it is full nudity through oh yeah at times yeah times. and you're like whoa i, I think i i, I kind of cracked up when you have the moment with uh with tommy and four uh which we haven't gotten to yet but you know yeah. he's Save he's it. uh <laughs> yeah he's he's peeking at the girl in the other house and and he's going nuts and it's like that's that's boys watching these movies <laughs> like yeah. right there you know um, so, I mean, I have an affinity for part three just because it is the first one where you see him with the hockey mask, but I'm watching them years later and as many times as I have now, I, I do see that part three does not have a whole lot of value to it other than the fact that it's, it's, it bursts the icon that is, that is Jason as we know it, but it's very bland. Um, I mean, it does have some good creative kills in it. I, I like the actor that plays Jason. I like the way they went with him as far as this goes, but that's really about all that I'm I'm really getting out of part three nowadays. Um, so, and I think Richard Brooke did Jason in this one. Yeah. So we'll get to part four here in a minute. That's that's actually got my favorite guy who who uh, Yay! played Jason. So, but we'll move on to part four unless anybody's got anything else. I'm good. Jenny surprisingly has a lot to say. <laughs> God, would she stop talking already? Oh. <laughs> so, after the success of part three, and 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 really kind of sparking the pop culture of of the series from here with Jason and the hockey mask, they were smart and decided to roll with that. And we got into part four. Part four is directed by Joseph Cito. Um, it was released on April 13th, 1983, and again with a budget of $2.2 million, ended up doing $33 million at the box office. And this is where, again, the score is still running the same. It's still Harry Manfredini. Um, it, it's what's carrying, carrying these movies, and this is where they kind of get into their groove, which is sad considering it's called the final chapter. <laughs> we're getting in our groove but hey, this is it we're done no, just kidding it's the final chapter just kidding so uh, this one starts right where three left off we pick right back up with jason being dead in the barn and uh <laughs> I, I i love that they actually do go back to that location he's still in the same spot he was it's almost as if they decided okay when they were shooting part three they were like let's go ahead and shoot scenes for part four because this is where it's going to go. Even they were so close together and it would be cool going to the, the movies you've seen the last one you come in to see and it picks up right where the last, I love that. Like when that happens in the back to the future series, I thought that was like the coolest thing ever, you know, like two movies connecting. So Mm -hmm. seamlessly. And two great movies had already done that years before was like how Halloween one and two, it's literally the same night. Right. Yeah. And now Friday 13th is doing it. And they did a great job. Both of those are actually cool the way they do that. It's like, hey, didn't I just finish watching this movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. We're, right. we, get, we get a new one. So, But this is where we get. And I think around this same time is when John Hughes was starting to make a name for himself with the Brat Pack and all of that stuff. St. Almost Fire, all of those kind of movies were coming out. It, it, 
John Hughes might have wrote that, but I don't think he directed it. Um, but this is kind of, I feel, where they decided to go with this one was like, hey, this is also something that's making money right now is these teen dramas. Let's try and put together a cast that, that kind of feels that way. And I think this is the one that does it the best and pulls that off. The the actors in this, which we're going to talk about, and, and the, the exchanges between them seem very natural and not so like jarring like they are in like part three for sure mm-hmm. and in the ones before it so or we meet Corey feldman who mm-hmm. might not have seen in a whole lot before this but we all knew him because we'd seen the goonies at this point mm-hmm. um and and he did this before the goonies i got a little bit of a story about that when we get to part yeah. five it came. He actually did it for Gremlins too. The movie. This movie came out before. That's Gremlins. right. Gremlins was the movie before this one. That's right. So you may have seen him in Gremlins as well. But, um, so he's another one we're going to add to the almost famous thing that we're going to do here. Um, he, this is where he shows up. And, and I like ha- the fact that we have a family. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace to have the little family dynamic. We still have the group of kids, but right. we also have a mother and. Her children, which, yeah. which, I you know, is a nice change of pace. I think after three films, and it, yeah, it's yeah. the first time we get something when there was, you know, we're we're at these camps, so we don't see any of these kids that are at these camps. Well, finally, we're going to get a movie that has a kid in it, and we're going to see it from that aspect. Um, so one thing I noticed in this one, this watch that I'd never noticed before, as many times as I've seen this movie, is when they get Jason into the morgue, and this is another person I'm going to nominate for almost famous is Axel in the in the oh Axel in the hospital um you, you mean may, the necrophiliac <laughs> right. coroner um i I'm, I'm bringing oh, she's him. still hot <laughs> <laughs> well, she still is <laughs> yeah. yeah so still is. and he's just throwing the donuts on top of the body and then picking them up and eating them and so i'm nominating him for almost famous because the that actor let me get to his name here real quick uh Bruce Mailer uh, was Sergeant Fackler in Police Academy. Police, yeah, he's Police I think Academy. he was in the first three or maybe. He's the klutzy one. Yeah, yeah. He was. And and I remember watching this as a kid and being like, hey, I've seen that guy. <laughs> so that's that's another one of my nominations for Almost Famous. I do How like his it, when he when he uh, gets scared in the morgue there when, by Jason, I guess. That's uh, a good reaction. That's some yeah. good acting. <laughs> When he says, holy Jesus, jumping Christmas shit. <laughs> That's a good one. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> now, now, Josh, you mentioned something you had never seen before. Is it something about the meat locker or the yeah. thing? Okay, because, yeah. yeah, I noticed it, but I thought this was great. Go ahead. Yeah, so, there, you know, the scare happens. The, the hand falls on the girl while they're making banging in the morgue. Dude, these like, are the two most irresponsible hospital employees <laughs> that have ever worked at a hospital. And nobody Is else nobody apparently works at this hospital. Them? Yeah, there's nobody else there. So, but he, he goes to load Jason up into the, the meat locker. And when he closes the door, like as he's closing the door, you can see a breath of air come up Ooh. from under the sheet. Uh, you know, notating it. he is still alive. That's nice. I had I'd to rewind it for Jenny a couple yeah, of times. Couple times. Yeah. yeah, if this dude had just a... latched the door, everything yeah. would have been fine. Yeah, I'd actually noticed that a few years ago, and I thought I'd talk to you about it, 
Josh because I mean that's what we do is me and Josh talk horror movies all yeah. the time. But it is definitely one of those things that I did not notice until later in life, but I noticed it a couple years ago, and I was like, "Holy crap, he's still alive!" But the thing that brings me to this: do they not check a pulse or right. anything on, right. or Jason? does he even have a pulse? I mean, is he undead? Well, that's no, where the this- big debate comes from. All of this, yes, is is up until this movie. You know, and even through this movie, Jason's just a hard guy to kill. Yeah. He takes an axe to the shoulder that goes pretty deep. It goes down to like, I mean, I don't know how you, no one's stitching him back up. I mean, he he survives things that he shouldn't actually live in the woods. No antibiotics. Come on. This this man, not to mention he survives this drowning. I mean, I don't know. Well, not even the. I think he, I think. We are have established supernatural stuff by this point, frankly. But that's the thing. But they label him in the uh, even when you read these, uh, like or, or watch documentaries about him, he is still labeled as like Josh has said, a hard guy to kill. This is supposed to be where we see Jason as the final movie where he yeah. is a just man. Right. And that's what it's like. Okay, this guy should be dead, like Jenny said, from infection. You know, but I, I see arteries. what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, there's totally an argument there for there's something supernatural going on. I mean, we didn't he took even, an axe to the head. I mean, yeah, yeah he well, he takes an axe to the head. That's the one thing. But you're, even even though it's kind of minute and in, 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 in scheme to the axe to the head, even the machete through the collarbone, through the oh, shoulder. Yeah. There's like, arteries that run through there. Yeah, like he would have bled that out. That goes deep, dude. That goes yeah. like four inches down through his entire. Yeah, you bleed out. You or at least your arm wouldn't work anymore unless right. you've got like, you know, Peyton Manning's uh, surgeon on deck to fix your shoulder. It's up. stem cells, dude. Jason was on top of stem cells back in the day before yeah. anybody knew about it. That's what it was. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely. The notion that there's something supernatural going on with Jason is absolutely there. I mean, it it can't not be being as though that we just saw him get an axe in the head. Yeah, well, they um, explain that later in the series. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to another retcon. We're not talking about that one right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Eric, because I had in my notes Jesus Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the scene in the hospital also really reminds me of Halloween too, because because yep. it's it's dark. There's no one there. It's really it uh, after hours hospital. Yeah. After hours, the hustle bustle is over. Yeah. yeah, the 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 creepy after dark hospital. Like I I, I love. I don't think they do enough of that mm-hmm. anymore. Like th- that's a prime place for well, a horror I movie. I don't know if back in the day, if it's just movie stuff or if it was like that back then, but like. It doesn't matter what time you go into the hospital just, these days. Just, just, all always, the lights yeah. are on. It yeah. is the brightest place you've ever been. It's just fluorescent light in mm-hmm. every corner. There's no darkness. There's anywhere. people everywhere. I mean, yeah. and there's people, but like the lights are always on. Like yeah. it's weird watching these old movies and the hospital lights yeah. are off. Yeah, it's creepy. But because yeah. I, th- I think of that all the time. I mean, for the last four years, I've been in and out of hospitals with a family member. And I'm like, I always walk around. I am never in a hallway by myself ever. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, this whole thing about horror movies is just total bullshit. 
there's always somebody in that hallway with yeah. you, or at least probably almost not even just one, a minimum three or four easily. They definitely like, ask you to suspend dis- <laughs> suspension of disbelief in these movies. That was the other thing Jenny and I were talking about. Is nobody wipes their ass in these movies either. Did anybody no. notice that? People get off toilets <laughs> real fast. Well, like, in part five, a guy takes a shit in the woods. Yeah. With and he definitely doesn't wipe his ass. He, didn't he take doesn't have it. Willing. Unless he wipes his ass with his leather jacket, then I don't know. Maybe right. a leaf. Leaf. Just as long as I ain't poisoned. Maybe it was just a clean drop. I mean, that happens. But every now and you get lucky. But there are so many. Like, were outhouses really still that prominent in in that early in 1980? I, I don't feel like maybe out in the boonies. But well, out that way, they're yeah. they're kind of out in the country, you know. Like we're not, yeah. you know, we haven't hit Manhattan yet. So but yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing that really drives me nuts is watching when when people just. I'm gonna go take a dump and then something happens. And I'm not like I don't care if somebody is chasing me or, or, or like something scary might be happening. I'm I'm wiping I'm wiping my tush before I get off the toilet. It's it's like when Jason wanted to see the pee pants from Teen Wolf. You want to see these people wiping their asses. You need a, an ass wipe shot. If I don't see it, it didn't happen. This man's got a poopy butt in the next the next scene. Unless I see some some toilet paper, buddy. It's like I hate to be the guy in the morgue cleaning that one up. Oh man, he's dead. And he didn't wipe his own ass. God. Why are all these people who were murdered have pants full of shit? So well, it would scare the shit out of me when somebody shows up with a hockey mask and a machete or whatever garden utensil. Fair there. enough. Yeah, Jason should carry some toilet paper around with him. Um. So we're going to get to meet our kids. Like you said, there's the family in this one who has the house on the lake. And uh, quickly, I love the dog, Gordon. Gordon, Gordon yes. Awesome. Gordon the Golden. Okay, yeah. and we're going to get to that a little later. Yep. And then I, I noticed this time that the mom says uh, to Corey Feldman, or to Tommy, that he needs to get a haircut, which is a little foreshadowing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> All this uh, foreshadowing of things. Well, mm. I, I was going to say, she also says, what if the psycho wanders in? And like you oh, had mentioned true. earlier, Jason. Yeah, because like, he, he leaves the doors open. It seems as though people do know about what's going on. So, th- again, this one is this one's well, going to be this. I, I maybe disagree there. Do, does she know what's going on? I thought it, like she's reading a paper in on one of the scenes on the couch. And I think yeah. she reads something. About okay. it, but the, again, back to like the last one. This is all going on within a few days of each other. Yeah, and this is does, I know the people very have telephones, <laughs> and they're on the same lake. Yeah. They're on Crystal Lake, and no, and yet people still keep coming for vacation, and they're still living there, and they're leaving front doors open. It's like, all right, you have telephones. There's some kind of communication, but yet we're just going to live life as normal, like nothing is happening. Well, it I reminds think- me of Funny Games. You know, funny games. Mm-hmm. Josh, oh, yeah. you saw funny games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, funny games is that movie's fucked up. <laughs> but yeah. but it 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 addresses it directly. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, you're in this movie, and that's what's that's. It doesn't matter. It, you know, the neighbors are going to get it too. That yep. it's their turn next. <laughs> but this mom and daughter run around the lake every day like they never see yeah. another person who's like. Hey, guess what? Yeah, you make a good point. <laughs> or they, they're running around the lake. They don't see the ambulances mm-hmm. or the police cars or anything going on. Like, come on. But uh, yeah, I still think that this one comes across a lot smarter than the ones we've seen so far in, in some aspects of that. I do like that you get the 
the well, we're introduced to the family, and that's where you you meet uh, Tommy Jarvis, who's who's uh, Corey Feldman, his sister Trish, who we we br- mentioned briefly earlier, and we'll get to where she goes on this one. But I think she is one of the smarter final final girls, and we'll talk about that towards the end of this one. But um, and then the mother. So I, I like that there's that family unit, and then we get introduced to the kids, and now this is where a couple more of my almost famous picks would come in, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> Crispin so, Glover. Crispin Glover. Glover. <laughs> McFly. He's so, full on McFly in this. This is this is a prequel. Is he though? Because I think he's a lot more um outgoing than than, than McFly would have been. I guess. Cause, cause I mean ta- Yeah, I guess. But he's, he's had, still doing yeah. his Crispin yeah. Glover thing. Yeah. 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 McF- McFly is more like the the buzzard from the old Bugs Bunny movies. The whole no 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 so That's you get fun. him, you get him, and uh, Lawrence Monison, who's the who's the guy who's who's talking with him, the the guy, the dead fuck guy. <clears throat> I do him. not like Teddy, dude. Yeah, Teddy. He is he is he's like almost full on raping this chick later. Yeah. Oh God, yes. So and, and their banter back and forth is entertaining, but he is he's really being an asshole to yeah. <laughs> to Crispin Glover's character. So, but I, I just say yeah. it. He's a dick. He's, yeah. he's a dick. He's unlikable. He's annoying throughout the whole movie. I, I, as as our prankster for this movie, I'm not enjoying yeah. Mr. Teddy. But they do a good job of setting him up to be someone that you want to see get taken out. The the certainly the best part of Teddy is when he is murdered. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you have to do that to an extent. But I I like the group of kids like. For the most part, I you know Teddy's a dick, but for the most part, the rest of the kids are fairly likable. They're just you know one of them's a couple, or a couple of them are a co- or, or two of the guys and two of the girls are a couple, and so you've got something there with them. And then you meet up with the twins later, which mm-hmm. I want to talk about the twins for reasons you probably don't think I want to talk about them. Uh, but I just like that they build this unit between these kids, and then like they go to the lake, they meet the twins, and it's just this this big unit of kids that are trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't really get that in the in the third one because you know Chris's character was so traumatized by what happened to her there, so there's never really a good sense of having a good time until this one, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they trying... do. They are able to have have a little fun. Yeah, and they're uh, trying and... to get the girl out of her shell. Like, what, what's her name? I can't. Uh, you're talking. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name. They're trying to, you know, set her up and, yeah. you know, get her to let loose, and she's Have just a the fun, timid shot. Get laid. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, that's her name. Okay. Yeah. But I did notice in this one, and this is uh, also you, uh, as they come into camp, you actually get to see Mrs. Voorhees' tombstone. Yeah. And who bought actually, that tombstone? Yeah. I mean, that's a nice little tombstone there. <laughs> Who paid for that? And it adds to the the mystery. And I know Josh is probably written like, whatever happened to Mister Voorhees? Not this. Dun, pod- dun, dun. Not the, not this podcast. I know, but I'm just saying, if somebody obviously <laughs> bought that for, yeah. for her, that's a decent little headstone in that little bitty cemetery. It's definitely something that they took liberties with at that time, because at that time, no, her name wasn't. She didn't have a first name, and she was just Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Betsy Palmer didn't even know her name was Pamela until she saw this movie. She yeah. was like, oh, I didn't even know her name was, I, I didn't even know she had a first name. <laughs> um, 
for some. You no, know, you can prepay for for some of that stuff. So maybe she just. I like to explain these things away. It's fun. Maybe she had a she <laughs> she, she had, had prepaid. Fun. She had yeah. that thing already paid for. You know, maybe before the killing spree, she knew well, yeah, things she, might go sideways. She took yeah. care of it. She's like, I'm gonna start killing these kids, and just in case one of them fights back, go ahead and have myself taken care of. Yeah. 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 There you go. I like it. Good one there, Eric. Thank you. That's, that's, that's adulting right there, thinking yeah. ahead. You know, that's like, right. Plan ahead. Can't you, don't wanna, you don't want to leave that to your, to your, well, she didn't have it. Regardless, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but they also set up um, Rob, the guy, the, the your, your hitchhiker in this one. Mm-hmm. Who, he's hunting bear. He's hunting bear. <laughs> well, it's also can't interesting. can't be hunting for a bear. We we had we had a family introduced, which is new, and then we also have somebody who's actively looking for Jason, which is yes. another fresh idea for the fourth film. All right, I got a question, and I maybe I missed it today because I, and I, maybe I missed it, brother. Which one was his sister? His sister is Sandra. She's the one that was one of the That's kebabs right. and the spear scene. She's the girl. Underneath, underneath the guy yeah that's right okay because i i watched it again and i'm like all right i totally missed who his sister was again and you know getting older we forget these things but i was like yeah i forgot which one is his sister because that's why he's there so i i like that they introduce him and that he's actively looking for someone that you know something has happened over this past but okay never mind i i'm thinking about something else i was thinking he was looking for her but he's actually looking for jason because of what happened yeah and while it's cool while it's cool to have somebody like that uh they don't do much with it no they don't i mean he he doesn't put up any kind of a fight uh one you know i'm kind of jumping ahead but (laughs) yeah yeah, don't get that far ahead yet well i want to i want to get to that i want to get that because of of a comment josh made earlier about our final girl in this i want to wait till we get to that let's hold it all right all right Hold on to it. I'm holding it. Take it in. Take it in. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got a good group of uh, uh, attractive people in this one. Most everybody's likable, but you got your one, you know, the one that's always going to stand out. So you're on board with these people. And I mean, they set Teddy up really well to, to you want him to be killed off. But the rest of the group are, are people that they give you enough with them that you kind of care for them. Like they give them more personality than you've get you've gotten from some of the other ones. Jenny's rolling her eyes. I just have to. <laughs> there's, there's some personality. Most of their personalities are bad. Um, I mean, yeah, Teddy's like a full-on rapist. Uh, for, yeah. for compared to kids in previous films, they're given a little more to do. I'll yeah, say that. yeah, yeah. And, and and again, you've got some almost famous people here that. Are, are kind of going for the limelight. So you got some people who are trying to actually put a performance in that you're going to remember them by. And if you don't remember Crispin Glover from this movie by his dancing, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Dude, the dancing is what made that. That's, that's how he got the McFly job right there yeah. in Back to the Future is that dancing. But whatever he's doing, like you, you're one of your comments was, I want what's, I want some of what she's taking in, uh, was Ghostbusters. In Ghostbusters, which I want some of what Crispin Glover's got going on because that dude is a free spirit when that music comes on. <laughs> and the music like in this a, movie is. <laughs> we didn't even it's talk like about a full body dry heave set to music. <laughs> it's like the man's having convulsions. Somebody get him his meds. <laughs> I'm going to have a seizure while I'm standing up. 
But and you can see the girl that's dancing when she's just kind of like, yeah, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, and the other right. girls, the other girls laughing at him while he's dancing. But he like it doesn't affect him at all. He continues no. to do it. He doesn't care what anybody is saying or laughing at him or anything. For someone who is so concerned with people thinking he's a dead fuck, yeah. he doesn't really give a shit about what else they think about him. Yeah, he's jamming his tunes like some 80s hair metal there and dancing, you know, to whatever. I, I, I And I hear that people even do that dance at, like, conventions. Yeah. Like, they'll show up and do the dance. Like, they got it down pat, and I'm like, wow, okay, that's danceable. All right. This thing's definitely had some things that have stood out in pop culture for weird reasons. Be- like you've got the theme, the, the theme song from part three, the disco Jason song. Oh, yeah, disco. Boom, 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 boom. You know, uh, that's really popular. And there's this band that plays it uh, at live shows and they're known for doing it. And yeah, it um, sounds pretty good, too. Sounds just like the movie. Yeah. And then you've got people who are down with Crispin Glover's dancing in this one. That's kind of rubbed off in kind of a cult thing. there's some good stunts in this movie too like oh rather than just you know effects this is kind of the first one where we're seeing people fall it's actually a lot of people falling out of windows all right i I was about to bring that up what is with people in the friday 13th series jumping out windows going through them or jumping out from them or dogs jumping out the window did somebody throw this dog out the window no i think he ran away because he was like dude this is a guy with a hockey mask i'm out screw the rest of y'all i know i'm supposed to protect you but like in reality it looks like he jumps up into yeah. the window but it is like breakaway glass and it yeah. and i am concerned for the dog i'm sure yes. the dog's fine yeah but uh yeah they threw gordon out a window and uh, i was not happy about mm-hmm. it. I, I just want the money for the window budget for all the friday 13th movies <laughs> they, That's all I want. The half the budget went yeah. to windows half, yeah breakaway glass uh, hey uh, all right guys we got stunts for this this and this we got five windows in this movie just to let you know five <laughs> like come on let's think of something different here well they wanted to go with someone who could be a lot more agile as far as Jason goes in this movie. And that's where we're going to come with um, the guy who plays Jason. in this one was an actual stunt man uh, by the name of Ted white. He's my favorite one out of the bunch. I mean, I think his portrayal of it, even though he looks, he's definitely a little older and a little stockier than the, the last one. Like I love the way he plays it in this. And he was, by what I read, too, he's a good guy. Like, uh, there's a scene where the uh, the one girl gets killed in the float. Yeah. And it was freezing, and she was struggling, and he basically wanted them to cut, even though the director was pushing. And he was like, no, you need to stop. Yeah. You know, these people, are, she, it's not good for her. And I also read, like, at the end of the movie, he didn't even want to be credited with playing Jason because of his arguments with the director. Yeah. He's like, don't even credit me for this, you know. Yeah, that, that girl uh, when they were filming that scene with her in the uh, the f- the float raft or whatever, um, she was standing in the water with the the fake body behind her yeah. molded onto her shoulders. But she ended up getting emphys or not emphysema. Um, what did I say? Hypothermia. Yeah, she ended up she ended up getting hypothermia from from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, these summertime movies are sh- always shot in the. <laughs> yeah. But like, and here's another young lady who. Is just full on stripping yeah. down, going out in the middle of the lake by herself, float on around in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just it's a totally normal thing to do. Well, yeah. here's another thing. 
this could be very minor, but they're walking to the point where they swim and everybody goes skinny dipping again. Yeah. Some something that I didn't think was very normal, and they make it seem normal in these movies. Uh, and you you get to see a bunch of TNA and whatnot, and then when they meet up with the twins on the path, they say it's a long walk. So I'm thinking it's a long walk to get to the lake, but she seems to leave the house and go straight to the lake pretty easy. I don't know if they were just going to a particular point of the lake. I think it's what it was. Yeah. Because you know? one said, hey, I'm going to go back and get the car. Yeah. And because there's a car there when they're doing the skinny dipping scene because, you know, Tommy and his sister pull up and they drive up in a car. Now, I want to talk about the twins because I have a theory about them. Okay. Oh, theory. Twin theories. They're the same person. Well. No. They don't exist. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I've always been a little perplexed by, I mean, I can understand them running into each other on the path or, or whatnot and, and meeting up at the lake and making friends with them. But they're at the house and there's this exchange with them with them with a couple of the guys in the party. One of them oh, yeah. is dating a girl, you know, and then there's Teddy and then there's um, Chris McGlover's character. Glover. I can't remember his name. And one of the twins is bouncing back and back and forth between these three guys. She's getting laid. That's what she's going for. But <laughs> it seems to me, and this is just complete theory on my part, but it, it's always stu- stuck out to me is I feel like the twins are some sort of con artist. Because if you watch their exchanges in in the film, it's kind of like the other one is leading the other one to do something with one of these guys. And she's Mm. not doing anything. So what's the con? Is it a conspiracy? They're working with Jason. To steal stuff from them or something? I don't know. But that's it's always seemed kind of weird to me that like this Tina, the one was not leaving that party without fucking somebody. But when she finally does, her sister's like, let's go. Yeah. Well, I think that is her con. She wanted to steal the girl's boyfriend. You know, like she she wanted to go in there and take what she wanted to. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. I see what you're saying, though. They do kind of speak privately and stuff like that. But yeah. people are way too, again, way too accepting of strangers in this series. I mean... The, the the girl and uh, Tommy and his big sister pick up th- that hitchhiker guy and he's oh you want to come in for a bite of food random yeah. dude out yeah. of the woods with a gun and yeah. a big knife yeah <laughs> yeah come Just on come, hang out. come on in you want hey Tommy show him your your uh, masks you know go up in your in Tommy's room <laughs> now Corey Feldman's character in this is is uh, is Tom Savini. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> his room is just Tom. His, yeah, is just Tom Savini's workshop in this in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he probably just threw the props out of you know like they had laying around into the movie because you know like Eric pointed out, Tom Savini comes back to do the special effects in this one after he did them in part one. So at least we get back to getting a good special effects artist again. And there's some great special effects in this. Oh, yeah. really some good. of the best, like the hand split. Yep. Uh, oh man! That's... And and you know Jason's, well Jason's hands in general look more gnarly and yeah. screwy. This, this is movie. when he's got the big funky looking fingernails. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah all yeah. broken. Yeah. Which makes sense because you you do a lot of filming where you just see his hands. So yeah. let's you know pay some attention, give them some attention. Uh, and then of course when he's unmasked, he looks crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the makeup effects in this one are are definitely a big big reason why i'm 
I'm into these movies is because they look really good. Um, one thing I meant to bring up back at, back in part two, but it runs through part two, three, and four is how many people notice that Jason full on runs? Oh yeah, he he, he runs, runs in part, part two. two, he runs in, runs part, in three, part three, runs in part four. Part four, he always runs he, until later. I think. You know, so these people, the people that claim to be these big Jason heads. And Friday the Thirteenth fanatics who lose their freaking minds when they see Jason running in a remake, or or they do anything with Jason running. Jason doesn't run. Yeah, he fucking did. He ran for three movies, and then we'll talk about where it goes from there. But these people drive me nuts. Anytime yeah, he, I see people making the comments about Jason, Jason doesn't run. People, he absolutely yeah. does. That part uh, was it. Part three, where the van breaks down on the bridge and she takes off. You see him totally run around. I mean, yeah. he's hauling butt down that little creek bed to go catch her. Yep. And I'm like, <laughs> even when he had the, the you know the Sears and Roebuck overalls, I mean, he's he's sprinting. He's, he's like Carl. <laughs> well, he def- yeah, he definitely would have had a, a a good run and start jumping in that bedroom window too. Yeah. So yeah, he had to do that. But yeah, I I've heard the same thing that because the the whole remake that happened a few years ago, people griped about jason running and being so agile i'm like did you not ever pay attention yeah did you not yeah but so all in all i mean when it comes down to the kills in this one and we get we learn about rob's sister and why he's actually there to hunt jason down it boils into a finale that i think works really well when they start picking off the kids you really feel bad for a few of them because i mean they're having sex and they're having a good time but like the girl sarah who's just wants to be with this guy that she's fawning over finally takes the step to do so. Well, so we're watching this and Josh <laughs> says, man, she dies a virgin. And then we're watching this movie and there's definitely a moment in the shower when they're together yeah, that there's I, a leg up. And I was like, I don't think she's. I, yeah, I, think they went, I think they went brown chicken, brown cow in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but i never really noticed it until that watch we watched it the other night is because you see her press against the shower door mm-hmm. and you see him grab her leg and lift it up i'd never really noticed that before so i always thought they never actually did the deed do you okay. feel better now the deed got done <laughs> well jenny pays attention to that she saw that leg go up she's like she i know what's going on right there yeah. It, it might be the only good sex in this entire series. <laughs> what about hammock sex? <laughs> how, how does this actually work? You yeah. get on the bottom, I get on top. <laughs> and Jenny also <laughs> to bring up that would suck being your first time in the shower like that. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, not too long after it's she yeah. meets her in but we start to see everybody get picked off. I love, I love how they do the Crispin Glover's thing with the, the the corkscrew, and then he All gives the, him the corkscrew right ooh. through his hand. <laughs> he was looking yeah. for it. So there's he? the comedy cue there, and then yeah, the meat cleaver right to the face. That's when I wish Jason could talk. You looking for this? <laughs> <laughs> we had, fucking corkscrew, bro. <laughs> we had one that did that. We'll talk about him later. Yeah, that's true. But. Yeah, the, I, I the the kills are a little more creative in this one, I think. I think I, it's because of I, Tom Savini. Yeah, yeah, Tom Savini is is definitely what what makes this one stand out, along with the the, the better the better kids in this one as well. Yeah. 
if Tom's listening, we love you, dude. Great work. <laughs> yes. Big Tom Savini fan. Amazing. I've heard a lot of people say he's not a very, very joyous to talk to, though. I've heard people. Well, I don't care. I still nice, love Josh. his work. Yeah. Yeah. Hush your mouth, Josh. Have you talked to him? <laughs> I haven't. Did, did you call don't him up yesterday? of Savini. <laughs> yes. One of my former hairstylists went to his yeah. visual effects school. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, Josh, step into my office. Nope. <laughs> so, but I, I, I love, I love what Tommy does to save the day. But I also am, am thinking, like, would this kid really put this together this fast? I mean, we've seen he's a smart kid. I, I do like that they set him up that, you know, he could work on cars. He could every time they're Smart doing something, the, 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 the car breaks down, fix the car. Yeah. The electricity he, goes out, fix the lights. Yeah. You know, it's like he's, he's thir- the man of the house. <laughs> he's 13 years old and you're asking him to do or he may even be younger than that. But the part where he's watching well, the lady get naked across the street. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most over the top crazy reaction. I mean. I don't know. I was never a 12 year old boy. Is it? He's uh, almost doing like somersaults on his bed. Uh, what's happening there? I'll tell you what's happening. You've got a, a child seeing something and feeling feelings that he's probably never felt. And he doesn't know how to channel them in any kind yeah. of yeah. His brain way. does not know how to. He is it. in full overload. Just like, I think it actually fits. And I think it's actually kind of uh, endearing and, and, in, a, in movies that are can be crude and stuff like that, it is yeah. kind of an innocent moment of a of a of an innocent kid that's about to lose his innocence, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I think it may, it may it can definitely seem like it's a little overblown his reaction, but I think kids that age seeing something like that probably would have reacted very similarly. <sighs> so and. I mean, he saves the day in the end. We haven't talked a whole lot about Trish because I love what she does. Now, there are a couple of things they do that are kind of stupid. When her and Rob show back up at the house, they break the window into the back door to get into the house. Now, why doesn't why doesn't Trish have a key? That's one question. It's her house. But when they leave again to go to the place next door, they say, Tommy, close all the windows and lock the doors. You just left one door yeah. wide open for anybody to get into because you broke the fucking window out. Mm-hmm. Well, this this hitchhiker boy, that uh, man, what's his name? Rob. 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 You know, I'm thinking when I first saw this, we're we're gonna Rob's gonna at least put up some kind of a fight. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was gonna get to that because Josh was talking about how how I think Trish is one of the better final girls. She's got her wits together, and this is probably where Eric was going is that scene where Rob's in the basement with Jason and he's just letting Jason hack him up. He's killing me. He's He's killing me. But but what does Trish do? I'm just going to stand here and watch this guy. And I'm not running out. But then the best part, she runs out. She goes right back into the basement. And like, what do you do? Think Jason magically just walked out the door? Is there a door in the basement going outside? No, he just killed the guy. Yeah, he's in there. But I'm going to go back in there. I'm like, so that's where I have to disagree with Josh about Trish being one of the smart. I'm like, no, no, right then and there, totally negated anything else she did right there. Well, you can look at it in in that sense, or you can look at it, and she was going back to see if the guy was okay. But I understand your point of view. Yeah. 
Jace is still in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. It's like, I heard a noise upstairs. Let's go upstairs. Well, she had a machete, and she hacked up his arm pretty damn good, too, and he grabbed hold of it. Uh, uh, grabbed that, hold of her leg. Uh, that whole uh, part, like Eric brought up earlier with the hand. Yeah, that, where he oof. splits it in half. Yeah. That's great, great, great effect. That is a great, that's why I said, yeah, Sabini again. So don't but, care how mean you are to people. We still love your work. But I love that. <laughs> I love that when she and Tommy are, are in the house trying to stay, get it secure and they decide it's not safe anymore. She runs to div- divert him away. So Tom, so Tommy could leave. Yeah. Tommy's not the smartest cause he decides to stay and do what he does. So you can you can go either way. Were they were they smarter? Were they stupid for what they did? But I I do find it interesting either way. Yeah, I mean Tommy, like the like the girl in two, is trying to get through to Jason somehow into the psyche. Yeah, yeah, which I agree is a stretch for a kid to think of, but yeah. it is interesting and and it works enough to make Jason pause a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like, again, like how Friday 13 keeps going back to something else. Well, we did this in part two where yeah. the girl acted like it was. What if the kid acts like Jason and tries to get through to him? Well, let's rehash that a little bit. But, you know, but the one thing uh, besides that, you know, we talk about the kills and everything in here. But, you know, you know, Jason does his normal thing. He sets up bodies to scare whoever's left. Which is like a haunted house. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a haunted house. It's like he's yeah. a kid. But that one part where Crispin Glover's character, Jimmy, is freaking railroad spiked to the door, and he just walks up and pulls him down, rips him right mm-hmm. out of his hand, because he's like, all right, I'm fed up with these girls running from me. I mean, he, you almost feel the anger in Jason. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I don't care yeah. what's up. But, I mean, I watched that scene, and I actually kept rewinding it, and I'm just like, you just see him grab him and push him down and ripping it out of his hands like oh man you just he's like i'm done with these kids I'm yeah done. and gets almost Never. instant karma a few minutes yeah. later and gets his hand ripped in half yeah, yeah. it's like oh this is the final one you know i'm i'm, I'm over it <laughs> he's <laughs> just, pretty creative with his body placement it's not, not yeah. enough that he's killing these kids he's like gotta make a state does part of that time when he between the first film and the second film does he go Become, like work on a on a fishing boat, perhaps learning all kinds of Not. knots and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> rope techniques to hang traps and bodies to fall perfectly when the doors open. That's where he, that's he didn't drown. His mom got confused. He he was in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> he went on a trip with the Boy Scouts. She thought he was dead. She did what she did, and this is how this all started. Yeah, he's just been learning knots for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Well, I mean, he did grow up. At, or, or he was at a camp. They lived there. You, know, you got to learn these things. So. Yeah. All right. But all right. The, the way they the way they dispatch Jason in this one is is great. I I Ooh, love man. I love the machete to the face and how he slides down it. And oh yeah, that's a great shot too. And yeah, and and Tommy just snapping and just yeah yeah hacking just away at him. Chop suey right there on the floor. Mm-hmm. And now, but the ending's real bad. Jenny's Jenny does not like the ending to this one, and it they don't Call go there. they don't go the traditional route of setting you up for that last jump scare on this one because I, I for whatever reason they were saying this was the final chapter, <laughs> but they they kind of set it up to where Tommy's going to end up going psycho. Yeah, it's like that look in the camera. Yeah, you yeah. think that like 
he's going to be Jason. Yeah, next. That's what, yeah. And that's yeah. what they were actually trying to set up. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I so, kind of do like it, but uh, it doesn't matter because <laughs> it doesn't pan out. Yeah. Well, it, well, it kind of does, but doesn't. Yeah, kind of does, but doesn't. They they yeah. tried to go with it after this one. Of course, it made it made thirty three million dollars off of a two million dollar budget. So they were like, no, we need more. Let's do more. So they decided they were going to go with a part five, and that's where we're going now. Directed by Danny Steinman. It came out March twenty second of nineteen eighty five, and on a budget of two point two million again, made twenty two million. So Amazing. even this one, which two, two, two. even this one, which is uh, by far the worst of all the movies we watched tonight, it still made money. So okay, I got a question. All right, here, right here, Josh. Let's pause this for a second for me and you. We have seen this movie how many times? Right, lots. I want to hear it from the two. That had never really seen this because I've uh, seen some of the texts going back and forth with our group here. I actually want to hear something from Jenny and Eric about how they felt watching this movie. Well, let me set it up first. Let me set okay, set up where set it, it goes. From okay, here, so. set it up, Josh. Set it up, bro. So they, you know, they, they end part five, part four with you know Tommy. Tommy's going to be the psycho now, and Jason's dead. So the opening to this one is great with with going back to Corey Feldman. Like if they could have stuck with this premise, I think they could have gone somewhere with this movie and made it a little bit better than it ends up being. But uh, Tommy is much older now, and an unspecified amount of time has passed, and he's going into a much lower level uh, uh, mental hospital from recovery from what happened. Five years. Tommy's 17 now. So he's supposed to be 17 in this movie? But not. Okay, wait, wait, wait. He's obviously 35. Yeah, he's actually supposed to be 17. I I looked it up. They said it's... uh, But we're skipping the first part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get to the the, another dream dream sequence that we do in Friday 13. So... Well, what... What are, you, what are you alluding to? She's talking to about the, the cemetery. Part. At okay. the very beginning yeah. of the movie, you get Corey Feldman walking through the woods, walking yeah. to yeah. Jason's grave. Yeah, which they they apparently filmed that in Corey Feldman's backyard. Um, <laughs> and I kept thinking when Josh told me that, like, it would be really weird to have a grave in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I thought that was normal. Oh, but they. I guess why the grave was so shallow. Yeah. Yes. Well, they had to. They had to do well, that he's because buried in a coffin, but there's still a big mound of dirt on it. But it's been a while, so yeah. It it's it looks well, again, out of we place. find we find out this is a, a dream, dream anyway. Dream sequence. It's a dream but, anyhow. Yeah. But Tom, you know, Tommy's just sitting there screaming the whole time, and Jenny's like, "You deserve to die for not yeah, <laughs> for he not was running so away." Smart, you know, a minute ago, and now he's a big dumbass just sitting there whining. He's well, he's kind killed. of a big dumbass through this whole movie. Okay, yeah. okay. So, all right. But my thing but that's is... The, are... That's the go setup. Ahead. So where we go from there is we're getting into this movie. But let's yeah. let's do reactions on this one. So Jenny, well, Eric, who won? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say, because we're talking about the whole shallow grave thing. Jason is buried with a machete. And an and ice a pick. Tool, and a tool. Well, it's like a scratch-all, like for yeah. woodworking. And they bury him with him. He's got one in one hand and one in the other, and stabs. And his mask. And, and, and his, his mask. mask. Yeah. So, but again, it's I, a dream. So. I know it's a dream, but I was just like, but they buried him with everything to kill anybody with. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's armed. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. I want to hear the responses from the people who have not seen this movie more than twenty times. Okay, Eric. So. I, I'll go. I, you know, 
setting up Tommy as a child. He takes out Jason. He's obviously an interesting kid. He's a creative kid. We've got him now older. That's a great setup for a sequel, I, I think. I mean, that's done in other films and that happens mm-hmm. in other places. And then they squander the shit out of it. He does almost nothing in this movie. He's, he, even at the end when he shows up, and we, we're not there yet, but he is virtually useless yeah. in this movie. And I don't like watching him sit there. And obviously, you would be traumatized if you went through all that kind of stuff. But the stuff of him just, nothing pays off with him. Well, well, I'll, I've got my thoughts about that. And we see what Tommy is capable of throughout this. Yeah, because he knows martial arts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he has some reactions He's, to things where he ends up doing some things that are pretty, I mean, pretty crazy. He looks like he's out of a an eighties action film. Yeah, like he's he's like, jacked. He's he's got abs. He he like ninja sweeps somebody. Dude, he's like the Linda Hamilton from T1 to T2, you know? <laughs> yeah. Learn something. He was like, dude, next time Jason comes, I got a knife, and I know freaking Taekwondo. <laughs> got this. <laughs> but the reason they didn't go with, with Corey Feldman in this one is because they couldn't. Corey Feldman had already signed up to do Goonies and couldn't get out of it. Mm. But to hear Corey Feldman talk, he would have much rather have done this than the Goonies, which I find crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. So... My thoughts on this movie are it's terrible. It's this, trash. It's She's like, let me break it down to completely the devoid of any redeeming value. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the acting is so bad and that's saying something for yeah, series, series where you don't have to try too hard. Every single person in this is awful. Can we talk about your immense hatred for Junior? <laughs> and his mom. Ethel and Junior, man. Ethel oh my God. They are the worst. I mean, I was going to bring this up later, but I mean, she is the most vile, hateful woman <laughs> who has ever walked the face of the earth. And he is this man child. Yep. That she just walks all over, and it's it's kind of disturbing to watch them. Like I hate every scene with them because yeah. they're completely useless for one it's, thing, except it, to be it, killed. Yeah, they are grating. They, uh, yeah, you're just. I get the concept of creating characters that you're going to enjoy being killed, where you start to root for the the slasher. I do get that, uh, but this is this is about three or four steps too far in that direction. They yeah. are so terrible. <laughs> and she's angry that there's a... Like halfway a, house. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's somewhere between a halfway house and like some kind of group yeah. home yeah. for mentally disturbed uh, individuals. And... She's so pissed off that they're there. Like, these are people who need help. And she's just like, well, not in my town or what. And they're all far more stable than she. Oh, yeah. Are. She is could she? live there. I mean. Yeah, she, yeah, she needs to be Maybe in there. she could be the cook. Her <laughs> no. Her stew. Like, they oh, do need a new cook. So gross. <laughs> the end of this film. 
put some special seasoning in that for you, Junior. <laughs> so nasty. Oh, God. God damn. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a, a submission for Almost Famous on this one. Okay. Josh, I'm wondering if you pick this up. The, the the deputy, the sheriff's deputy. I know. Yep. Richard Lineback shows yes. up uh, in in a lot of films uh, after that. Speed, Natural Born Killers, The Ring, Twister. Varsity uh, Blues, man. Varsity Blues, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he plays a cop in some of these films too. Uh, gets kind of pigeonholed in that, but uh, that's definitely a you. Guy actually, uh, I did notice him, but you know a lot more of what he's been in than I did because yeah. I think Jenny could attest. That when I saw him, I was like, "That's the guy from Speed." Yeah, <laughs> and that's I just all looked I... at the IMDb. I, I would, I didn't pull. <laughs> I, that out I of picked the him up from Varsity Blues as uh, the dad of the quarterback. That's the main thing I knew. But yeah. I heard him I mean, start talking because he had the same, you know, southern draw in his voice. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Varsity Blues. That's right. So one thing about this one that I remember as a kid was another. They, they have a kid aspect in this one since Tommy's grown up. Now they've got little, oh, Re- yeah. little Reggie the Reckless. Reggie. And, and Reggie, the, the guy who plays Reggie, is the best actor in this film. He's actually pretty good, I think. Yeah. Uh, acting like a complete and total brat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie is terrible. Yeah. Oh, I re- man. Re- what? I like Reggie. What can you say? Reggie the Reckless. Okay, listen, listen. Go for it, Josh, because we're. We, we went on a movie. tirade about this last night because I was a kid putting myself in the kid's shoes. I related to Reggie and, and all that good stuff. But watching it now, he is an absolute. Like, he is a brat. He 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 is so disrespectful to everyone he talks His to. His grandpa? In this. I mean. It's like I, I had I had no respect for Reggie after watching it this time because he he meets Tommy and calls him a nut, a, a nut job or whatever. He's like, I ain't scared of nothing. And then I'm he, not one of you. Yeah, and I'm not one of you guys. Like he's I'm so here visiting. And he's so disrespectful to his grandpa. The only person he respects is Damon, and we don't even or Demon, and we don't even know anything about him. But apparently, he's he's someone who travels the world. He's a nomad, but like even when he. Pam agrees to take him to go see Demon. He's like, "Hey, Pam, come on!" You know, like, yeah. He's he's just totally so, bosses her around. Yeah, he's so he's such such a brat. Such a I, brat. that was a great impression. A, I, I really I think, enjoyed that. I we got some Josh, more. I wish I, I could Josh s- do more, Reggie. I wish I could Josh. scream like him. <laughs> how, oh, dude, Ooh, lungs, man. How many young? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, no one's really good in this, though, are no. they? Mm-mm. No, I mean, who's good in this? Give me somebody. Reggie was who I thought was the best. Yeah. And you just shit all over. Well, that. Well, I mean, again, that's the thing. He like he stands out. He is essentially the best part of the movie. Because as a child actor and being in what he was in, he saves the day. He drives the tractor through the barn door. Exactly, and hits him. was awesome. Like, he's the hero of the day. But when you really look at it, he's a he's a big fucking brat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a kid. Give him a break. I, know, I think some of the best acting is from Joey and his love for candy bars. <laughs> oh no! See, I love I, Joey and his love for candy bars. But if it wasn't for Joey, nothing would have bad happened in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could arguably blame the guy that kills Joey instead yes. of blaming Joey. Which no, I'm blaming Joey. What he wants to do is eat chocolate and share with people. Like that's he wanted to help with the chores. Joey. He's just no good at it because he's got chocolate fingers. But yeah. you yeah. know, I I really 
this time watching it, I mean, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I know it backwards and forwards, and I still continue to watch it anytime I'm watching Friday the 13th, even though it is bad. But I really hate the way they portray Joey here. Just, you know, the kid's got a mental problem. I get it. and But, like, covering his fingers in the chocolate and walking around with the chocolate bar and acting, you know, acting like, a, you know... I just don't like the way that's portrayed in this. And, and he's I got think, a chocolate bar in each pocket. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of a stereo, like a stereotype or like a, you know, a caricature of someone yep. that right. has a disability. And yeah, it's, and, a, and he's it's a little bit bigger guy. Way. So it's back to some of the stuff we've talked about in other episodes. Some of the, the you know, the fat shaming that was yeah. going yep. on with chunk and uh, chub and stuff like that. And the fact that him getting dispatched is what ultimately leads this movie into what it, what it becomes is, I, I just find it really weak. I thought it was they they tried to go with the who done it stuff again. They they kind of tried to revert back to the first movie in that aspect. And again, I don't feel like they do a very good job of setting up where they go with who's who's yeah. doing the killing in this. Well, because... you can tell like when the when the paramedic shows up, you know, and we got spoiler uh, you know warnings at the beginning of this. But when he shows up and you see that one paramedic, like the one guy's just ah, whatever, you know, he calls yeah. them a bunch of pussies because they can't handle, and then he. Looks at, but you can see on his face, and then that final when he looks up, you can see it's like something break within his eyes. Like, okay, you're obviously going to be. Yeah, they linger on that guy a couple of times. Yeah. Too. And then, yeah, when then they come up, oh, are you talking to me, Sheriff? Or, you, oh, I'm not talking to you. And you're like that. And then it carries on. But the main thing, and I know this is a big thing for Josh, is when you actually you see Jason, it's not even the correct mask. No. It's not. Right, right. which is all you need to know that this is a. A phony yeah, baloney. He's got blue marks on it, no axe mark. I'm like, this isn't Jason. Yeah. That was me as a kid. The first time I saw it, I'm like, that ain't Jason. But the cop, the sheriff's deputy, is so certain that it's Jason, Jason. Voorhees. Yeah. Like, I know who it is. It's Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Where the hell did this Jaws Mayor plot line come from in the middle of this movie it shows up for five minutes five not even five minutes no the, the mayor's pissed off that there's killings happening in the area and they blame it on jason and then it never comes back he's the mayor of a town that consists of like 10 people yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, he, and they mentioned for the first time that jason was cremated yeah and i'm like okay which leads us you know, to further down the line where that's not correct, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because he even picks up his ashtray. This is your Jason Voorhees, and he pours yep. out all the ashes. You know, and you're like, okay, well, obviously that was wrong, but somebody yeah. at the morgue didn't get the memo. So, but other than that, I mean, <laughs> I love that they take they take taking a shit and make it a romantic pastime in this. Oh this, yeah, the two singing together, baby, baby. What do they do? <laughs> and that guy demon is another almost famous did you pull that one yeah uh yeah miguel nunez jr Uh, street fighter the return of living dead uh (laughs) scooby-doo i'm looking at imdb right now i don't just know this man's catalog off the top of my head (laughs) the i mainly know him from return of the living Living dead yeah right right part of the gang so, but you know, they they don't really go anywhere all that interesting with this. I mean, they try to set it up to where maybe there'll be a new new Jason and they'll continue it that way, but it all falls flat. Um, well, it ends it ends kind of the same way that four ends, where you, yeah. they're teasing us that Tommy 
is going to now be, be the next Jason or, you know, whatever, don the, the mask. Yeah. And, and maybe it could have worked if they would have had something better to go with, but it just, it all really, I remember even as a kid loving the movies, being very confused by the ending because I still was kind of rooting for Tommy, even though he's does nothing in this movie. Yeah. So well, you are. You're waiting for him to, because you know he's been through a lot, and yeah. you you're waiting for that heroic moment for him to yeah. stand up to his demons or whatever his his fears. And yeah, he kind of does help it there at the end, but it's it's a little too it's too little too late, and it's yeah. just it's a wet noodle. Yeah. It's kind of like it, but it goes back even to the death scene again. Talking about how Friday the Thirteenth rehashes things over. We're in another barn. There's another fight. Yep. And then Tommy what, grabs a machete, yep. hacks Jason. He dies. He dies. He falls and dies, which is not Jason, but we find that out when you he's laying in the bed of spikes. You know, the mask is peeled back. But I was like, all right, we need to think of something else other than Barnes and killing Jason <laughs> with his own machete. Well, I something. mean, you want to talk about falling flat? I mean, even the 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 reveal of who's doing the killing in this is so like again. I don't think they set it up well enough to where when they show that the mask is off of his face, this guy went through all the trouble of, of getting a actual head, head covering and everything to fool you. It just seems so. so Well, that's the problem. If, if, if Jason was shrouded throughout the film or, you know, quote unquote, Jason was shrouded throughout the film, similarly to Mrs. Voorhees in the first movie, or maybe you see the mask occasionally, you know, then you could understand, oh, it's it's just that paramedic with the mask. Yeah. But we see him in full light with that, you know, fleshy, yeah. wrinkly yeah, head. And it's off. like, yeah, I, if they played it a little closer to the chest, I think it would have been a more effective yeah. reveal. And not only that, you know, we talked about Jason being a hard guy to kill. Well, this guy is too. I don't know if he was all on PCP or something, but getting hit with yeah. a tractor. <laughs> and then getting by rage. Yeah, he, yes, gets, I mean, it must be, you know, just, you know, some incredible Hulk type thing going on there. I don't know because fueled by rage of a disabled son that he apparently gave up years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah say he gave because that's what they said. That he was an orphan because the mom died away. in childbirth. And, yeah, and then the dad just disappeared. And yeah. I'm like, and you're that mad because you know your child died, but you just left him there. <laughs> Again, poor writing. Yeah. I, I I don't think that was the point of this film when they were making it. They weren't trying to. No, do the, anything no the point was let's the point of money yeah the point was let's make another 22 million dollars exactly <laughs> when but, they uh, pulled the mask off of him i was like who is that yeah jenny actually, <laughs> actually she's like who is that i didn't even recognize who it was that's how underwhelming and i've seen this movie before and i still didn't remember who it was yeah and then you get the exposition dump with the cop in the in the hospital. Yep. It's like, oh, well, just in case you were confused, because you probably are, because we didn't set it up very well. Here, here's what happened. Well, so, they didn't set it up at all. I mean, you don't know anything about it until that exposition there after after it's over. Yeah, you get the reveal face, and you're like, you might recognize him, you might not, but here here it is. This is what happened, and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, some of my, uh, you know, besides you know, we were just talking about it was maybe a little bit of lazy writing, but also the guy who did the editing in this movie, uh, I, I think they were running out of budget, but did anybody ever notice that when, uh, what's her name? Pam. 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 
Pam and Reggie are running away. She has this pink sweater wrapped around her shirt. And then it cuts away, no pink sweater. And it cuts back, pink sweater, no pink sweater. And then when they run into Jason at the ambulance, they run back. And she consistently has a pink sweater, yeah. no pink sweater, pink sweater, no pink and, and then it cuts and Jason's wearing the pink sweater. I and then think it cuts I was and Reggie's waiting for wearing the Jason to be holding the pink sweater. <laughs> and there's even a one earlier in the movie where they're driving the truck down to whatever, and you see them pass by the same set of rocks like twice. And I'm like, are we getting a little lazy? Hey, dude, this is part five, bro. We're going to make money anyway. Just just throw it on screen. It's good. People won't recognize it. You know, it's <laughs> 1984. It's It's good. So. But they they try to go back to the surprise you seen with Tommy freaking out and stabbing her, and it mm. ends up being a dream. And it's just it's not good. It, they they don't do it well. No, it's, it's bad. Too many dream sequences in these movies. And yeah. I mean, I do love the movies. They're fun. Like Josh said at the very beginning, they are a fun watch. Just a fun thing because it's not, I mean, they're great for just pictures. what we're doing right now. We're watching them and talking about them and commenting yeah. on them. But, uh, and that's really what brings me back to him all the time. I I also I love when Tommy actually does go full tilt and puts the mask on at the end. Where the hell did he find a butcher knife in a hospital? Well, how did he get the mask? Well, yeah, 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 or even that. I mean, <laughs> he pulls it out of a drawer, but you're like, okay, did you just take this from a crime scene? So you're he was on an IV. Stuff? He pulls the IV out. He, yeah, he's. Uh, so, it doesn't make any sense. But, it doesn't yeah. matter. But. Uh, Unless you guys have anything else, I'm I'm good as far as the the retrospective here goes with Friday let's, the Thirteenth. Yeah, one let's through move five. into some overall opinions. So, so if we're gonna hammer through some of this here real quick, but if you guys had to rank these movies, what would you, I, I'm just curious what your rankings would be? Of these, I want to hear from these the five. people who didn't grow up. I want to hear yeah. the people who didn't grow up watching these movies. Let's I think it. my rankings might surprise you. I don't know, maybe not. Um, so count down. I, so like worst, five, four, three, yeah, worst to best. Oh God, I'm in the opposite order now. I'm never gonna be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is the best thing ever. It's only five. Jenny anyway. is Jenny is one of the two college graduates we have on the show right now. Jenny, I hope you don't ever have to do. Hey, a I have DUI a degree test, <laughs> like a like a I like a like, toxicity. I'm sober, but I cannot do this. <laughs> Count down from five. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, so. Well, I'll count. I'll count down. Five is the worst, yeah. uh, in my opinion. I think three is uh, the, the next, yeah. and then I'm gonna go four, and then two, and then one is my favorite. Wow. Okay. One and two are my favorites. Um, I I just they're introducing new things at that time, and I feel like after that point, there's not much new going on. Uh, you know, four brings some new stuff to the table and it's a little, it's a little, like you say, it's a little better written. It's a little more put together than some of the others, but, uh, but yeah, one and two, uh, still have some mystery and some intrigue to them that I think is, is worthy of their ranking. Worst one is five, uh, followed by... Two. Have you lost count? (laughs) Three. One and four. There you go. All right, Jason. All right. Do you think mine and yours are going to be the same, Josh? Okay. We'll we'll do it together. Okay. 
Are we starting at five? Yeah. So number five is five. five. <laughs> number four. four two. Two. <laughs> three. Three. One. one. <laughs> two. Two. Three. three one. Four. four. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've been we've been friends too long, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> The Jason and Josh, the uh, original names for Jason Voorhees, uh, are yeah. the same numbers. Wow, that go figure. <laughs> That's adorable. Adorable. <laughs> oh, it's so sweet. I mean, Jenny was kind of close to that as well. Yeah, a little bit. I thought she was going to have the same one as me there for a second. But, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, honestly, part one is probably better than part three, but... I just it's, I it's I still I still yeah I still rank three high because of the iconography of of the mask and everything. The mask. That, one. that is pretty funny. That's I funny. had a note in my notes that said three gives us the mask and not much else. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're fair in saying that. I have to say I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really have a lot, but I do like some of the kills in it. So and that leads us into top kills. Top kills. So this is a new little segment we're going to do. Where I'm planning on doing this with with any of the horror that we're going to do. I'm planning horror or anything that revolves around you know awesome kills in movies and whatnot. So that's something we're going to start putting into our horror episodes. So top three kills. Everybody's going to go around and give their top. Give their number three. Then we'll go around and give the number two. Then we'll go around and give the number one. So I'll start. My number three is um, part three. The guy doing the handstand and Jason cuts him in half down the down the uh, down the <laughs> middle. I think that one's pretty damn good. So, oh man, that was solid. on my list too. So, well, I, if 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 we have the same ones on the list, that's fine. But. It's just, it's just interesting to see where we go. So, Jenny, what's your number three? My number three is actually from part five, and it's um, the garden shears girl. Jason comes down. Oh, with the eyes. On, oh, yeah. On her head with the garden, the huge garden shears. All right, Jason. Yeah, the girl that's just laying nude in the woods. Yeah, I'll talk about <laughs> that later. like people walking around <laughs> for no reason. All right. Jason, your number three. Uh, my number three is from part four, where Jason first shows back up to Camp Crystal Lake and meets the, our young uh, hitchhiker uh, <laughs> on the side of the road, and he walks up behind her while she's eating a banana, and he stabs her through the throat, and you see her squish the banana out. I love the banana hand. squeeze. Yes, absolutely. Squishy, squishy. <laughs> that one That's definitely. A great one. That one definitely stood out a lot when I was a kid. I was I loved the fact that that's why I put anyway. it on there. I, I dude, I remember that one so much. So Eric, Eric, Eric your third. Uh, uh, well, let's say I'm gonna go with number five with with part five again. Uh, the belt crank. Yeah. Just right after <laughs> after the girl, the belt crank on the tree. It's creative. It's a nice effect, and it's oh yeah, br- it's so brutal. It's so brutal. It, it, I did want to make a comment on it because the, the kills in part five are kind of weird in nature. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just the, the garden shears in the eyeballs and, and that stuff. And then the, the, the belt around the eyes. It definitely not something that I, I think would have been on anybody's most people's like list of how to kill somebody. 
Right. They're getting more creative. They're getting more outlandish. Right. Yeah. So, um, my number two is going to be, it's kind of a tie actually, but it's head oh head crushes. I'm going to go ahead and say Rick's head crush in part three and, and the one from part four where he smashes through the shower and crushes the dude's head against the wall. That is fucking brutal, bro. All right, we got to stop with this, Josh, because I'm having to cross off my freaking list, bro. <laughs> <laughs> stop. They you just keep it. Same. Keep it. Yeah, keep just it. say it the same. Matter. Matter. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, have, I kept a whole list to get three out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have more than three as well. But um, while you're doing that, I'll go. Uh, number two for me uh, is going to be uh, the guy in the wheelchair <laughs> rolling down the stairs. Dude, that's a great kill. That's an iconic one, too, yeah. in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just hysterical. My number two is uh, Mrs. Voorhees. From yes, the first great. One. Satisfying, a good effect. Yep. Toothpicks. <laughs> Man hands. I didn't even yeah. see the toothpicks. I got to yeah. look back. You got to go back and watch it. Um, my number two, it was just the whole thing, and it's from part four, where the whole thing where you don't really see it, but you know what happens. It's... Uh, when the one twin sister goes to leave on the bike and all you see is the lightning flashes and you can actually see Jason kill her in the shadow. Yeah. And yes. then all of a sudden she flies and sticks to the side of the house. Yeah. Right. And then the next scene, I was like, that that's a cool one because you have to really watch what's going on. Cause you see her standing at the bike and then him walking in to kill her. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, you know, like good imagination on that kill. Yeah, they could have just had the silhouettes of him stabbing her, and and that would have been fine. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't even need to throw her against the house for me. Yeah, but um, my my number one hands down is Jason's death in part four, uh, the machete to the face and sliding down the machete. Like, doesn't have to be the kids, the guys. Like, they kill Jason pretty pretty freaking awesomely in part four. So that's my number one. There you go. So Jenny, your number one. My number one is wheelchair guy. <laughs> yeah. Wheelchair <laughs> I just guy. Loved that so much. Maybe that's wrong, but yeah, when he gets the freaking machete to the face and all the way down, I mean, it's great. It's funny. And it and it and it ends with like a, a slow-mo like freeze frame. Yeah. It's just the whole thing is just so the fade the, the, fa- the fade to white instead of fade yeah. to black. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jason, you're number one. Oh, you are doing me. Okay. Yeah. We kind of went out of order on the last one. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go. Number one was the head crushes because they're pretty violent. Yeah. And, but since I had enough, I'm going to go with another one that was very iconic to me as a kid and it really stuck with me. And, uh, it's the hacksaw to the neck, turning the head all the way around in the morgue when he kills your police academy guy. Uh, just that, I mean, you see the hacksaw go into the neck and then you can actually hear his head turning backwards. It's like, yeah. Ooh, ho, ho, ho. thank you. Uh, and that's from uh, part four also. So thank you, Tom Savini. That was freaking fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I, I have, I have Tommy kills Jason probably is the best kill effect, you know, visually it is awesome. Uh, like you say, but I also, I, I'm going to go with, uh, ice pick on Alice in the beginning of part two. Hmm. I, I just feel like you don't see it coming. You think it's going to be some cat and mouse business. There's not. He just takes her right out real quick. And hmm. uh, I thought that was probably the most surprising kill for me in the whole okay. five films. So I'll, I'll go with that. That works. Cool. 
All right, and another new segment for us is Almost Famous. Almost Famous. Yeah, I know that, dude. I don't know that. Haven't you ever heard of that guy? What was his name? That one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. And we've mentioned a few people in, in, in talking about these movies. You know, we've got Kevin Bacon, Corey Feldman, Crispin Glover, uh, Lawrence Monison, who's and Bruce Mailer, Fackler, Police Academy, and then there was a couple that Eric had mentioned. So, I mean... Out of those people, we're going to narrow down, I mean, you know, where they were at in the time and what they went on to do. Like, I think the obvious winner for Almost Famous in here is Crispin Glover. What? Yeah. No, well, it would be big, <laughs> because it's called Almost Famous because yeah. we know Kevin Bacon and went to be Mr. Footloose and everything else in the world, but Crispin Glover just kind of stayed right You here. only want somebody who's going to be kind of famous you don't want the person who's gonna be the most famous this is whoever you can you can pick whoever you want but this has been firmly established i agree with josh though i agree with the christmas i have misunderstood well Well, i mean you could look at it two ways i mean he he leaves this and goes to back to the future where he's i think they're almost famous in the movies we're talking about and then they become no, famous. yeah, they're almost famous in the film, and then they later become famous. I, I see both sides of this, and uh, I don't know how to resolve this issue right now. <laughs> I feel like Crispin Glover's still like almost famous. Like, well, I mean, well, that's Josh's you, point. There you go. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But <laughs> my point is Kevin Bacon because. He's Kevin right. Bacon. Like there's he's a the biggest name, name well, named after him. He's still relevant today. Like no, I mean, my my idea for this was is is kind of like Eric just pointed out is is almost famous. Is Crispin Glover is like you know who Crispin Glover is, but what did he go on to do past this? He's still kind of almost yeah. famous. It, what is he? Yeah, he did McFly. Uh, then he I can't remember what else. I know he was in the I mean, Charlie not, Angels reboot. Yeah. And then he was Willard in a, that the remake of Willard. <laughs> he's that guy. He's like you know that guy that that one guy that dude like kind of like it says in our Fine. in our little soundbite. So I'm we got sorry with this agree, one, Jenny. I, but I'm, we all agree that Kevin Bacon is probably the most famous. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, absolutely. Certainly. All certainly. these movies. We go Kevin Bacon, Corey Feldman, and then yeah. from then on. But I, I'm I'm more or less you know kind of like who's this who's this that like you know this guy you've seen this guy but he's he's not just he's not you can't quite place who the guy is I get it now so but that's that's my opinion so how do you what do you does anybody else have any arguments on that No on, Eric, what uh, you got you well <laughs> I, I no I I think that's that's fair and this and it this can mean whatever we want it to. Let's be honest. So if it makes a good discussion, we'll talk about whoever. So, but that would be, I mean, in my opinion, or, or if our listeners would think that they have a better clarity on this, yeah, on the email us, <laughs> and so. we'd like to hear what they think. What do you think it should be going on to being uber famous or just somebody who kind of stayed under the radar? <laughs> <laughs> you tell us. So, all right, and then, um, we're not doing staff picks this week. Uh, we're giving staff uh, staff picks a, a break this week, so we're going to close out the show with a new segment that we're going to do, and we're going to stick with this. is not necessarily our rating system, but just something we want to throw out there at the end of when we talk about movies. So we're going to call this one The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. The name kind of speaks for itself. Um, everybody's going to tell 
you know, something good, something bad and something ugly. Ugly can be kind of construed in a, a few different ways. I mean, it's just basically, you know, if there's something that stands out in the movie that just doesn't hold up well, if it um, if it's something that, you know, looks bad, bad CGI, bad makeup, whatever, any of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where we're going with that. So I'll start with the good, the bad and the ugly. The good is Jason or um, Jason, the guy who plays Jason in part four, Ted White is I love him as Jason. I wish, you know, we'll move on into who portrays Jason later and down the road in the movies. But as far as these go, like I, I kind of wish he would have been the Jason for all of them. Cause I think he comes across very well. And, uh, you know, along with that is Tom Savini. Tom Savini really makes, you know, the, the better half of these, these movies yeah, that we watched tonight. So he, he should have um, been through all of them. Yeah. And, uh, the bad is the pacing all throughout all of this and, and bad story. And and a lot of these, in a lot of these movies is just bad writing for part five in general. I mean, just the, the fact that they make taking a poop romantic is just ridiculous to me. (laughs) It's the best part of the film. (laughs) And, uh, the ugly, I'm just going to say timeline, uh, timeline and, 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 and continuity just isn't there. I would, if I was going to change something about these movies, I would definitely say let's work on the continuity, con- continuity a little bit, continuity a little bit more. Continuity. Mm-hmm. Jenny, good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the kills are fun. I mean, who doesn't want to see people get machetes to the face? Um, but honestly, the good part about these five movies as a whole is if we kind of bunch them up all together, they give us the Friday the 13th reboot with Jared Padalecki. So, in my opinion, <laughs> it's the best of That's the all only Friday the 13th she cares about. <laughs> all of these movies in one movie. Did I mean, Jenny just create the hottest take of the podcast? Yes, you did. She did. Mm-hmm. Yep. The kills Spicy are hot. better, the plot is better, the acting's better, it's funnier, and the sex is better. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Straight from the so. lady's point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. And the ugly? I didn't get to no, the bad. Isn't bad yet. Oh, the bad, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, gosh, this is your segment. So <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man doesn't even know his own segment. The bad is like the redneck mom and junior. Those people are so bad. Like I hate them so much. Um, And then also, I don't know what his name is, but in part five, two pumps McGee over here with the girl in the woods. Um, She should have had a better send off for uh before she got the garden shears not to be you know crude but i fully expected when he went off to do whatever that she was lying there all naked looking happy that she was just gonna you know finish herself off because she definitely (laughs) did not with the guy oh jenny (laughs) that is the best ever description jenny gold star for jenny tonight I hope Jenny coming in hot. This segment, she has got it. She's all about the sex on this old, good, bad, and the ugly thing. We've all been good too, you know. Yeah, us all, guys, all, all the sex. We've been total gentlemen the whole yes, time. Yes, we've been Jenny. Three, to I'm just saying, the girls aren't getting their fair share in these movies. I said the three They're of us are acting have kept it like quiet. they are, but you know 
know it's an act. These are young men. They don't have experience. Jenny puts it right out there, right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. And the ugly, um, the girls being super comfortable with being naked all the time in front of whoever, whenever, wherever is terrible. Nobody does that. I don't think anybody's ever done that. Um, and then the fat shaming again with Shelly and then with the guy whose name I don't remember in five. It's just, you know, it ages very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, good to bend the ugly. Uh, my good, uh, I would go and Jenny touched on it is the creativity and the kills and the, the, the makeup and all of it from part one, even the part five, you know, part five was not that great. Uh, it was still just the the inventiveness of something new that came out in 1980. I mean, we're starting this whole slasher genre since Halloween, and these ideas of different ways to dispatch somebody with it could be something easy, like you said, as a corkscrew or anything Jason or his mother could find to get rid of camp camp counselors. Yeah, and I I think that was really cool for that time. You know, they started a whole new thing. It's like all right, now we have to outdo everyone and they made that hard for other movies later to come along and outdo what friday 13th did yeah so but uh that was yeah, that's what how I was, we get to saw <laughs> yeah. Crazy yeah how do we keep making it more because they but, just ran out of simple ways to kill people but yeah mm-hmm. that's that's my thing i take away from these movies and besides them being such a great part of my childhood but that's because they're memorable for the kills and watching jason pick people up by their head and crush their heads. So you're like, okay, that's cool. Um, the bad, a lot of the acting, a lot of the acting in this movie. I mean, we had a couple of people who did really good performances, but like, like you got into part five with junior and his mom, uh, that takes away from some of it. even watching these again. And you're kind of like, wow, that is really bad acting all around. It's like, we could have done better, but yeah, I know you're working on a budget. We just need people that have some kind of, acting background on a, a, a play or something. Let's stick them in a the movie or whatever. But that's my bad. The ugly are a lot of the practical effects in the sequels that Tom Savini didn't do. Uh, like the, the poor 3D effects in part three that were, you know, you definitely could tell that, you know, definitely not a rattlesnake striking somebody in the face yeah. uh, and so on from there, along with the editing mistakes i was pointing out earlier about part five and the lazy writing that all works together to me but to me that happened in all the ones like two three and five or yeah going on from there but that's my good bad and the ugly it's just i wish we could have done better but hey jason kills people in the most awesome ways and he keeps doing it for years after part five so all right eric okay well Good. I'm. I'm just gonna say, Jason attacking the boat in the first one. Yeah, something so mm-hmm. effective about that. I know it's. It's you. You can kind of take it and separate it from the, the idea of, hockey mask Jason. For the, you know, it's kind of a different thing. But yeah, that, that moment is so effective. It's one of the scariest. I, I think it's the scariest part in any of these movies we watched, and. Uh, it's just, it's just a perfect little moment when you're letting your guard down, like you said. Yeah. And it looks so good. 
the effects look so good that they're you know the makeup and that kind of stuff i love that uh the bad i'm 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 just calling out teddy here teddy in part four yeah probably knocked part four down a notch for me in my ratings <laughs> that kid was brutal everything he said was brutal everything he did the whole time was annoying and i couldn't stand him and i thought he would be my ugly but ethel and junior <laughs> take the cake those two in more ways than are one. <laughs> cranked up to 11 as just ah him eating the soup and dribbling oh, so out of his mouth they, like good god last week we talked about subtlety in yeah. in in ghostbusters this is the opposite of that this yeah, is absolutely going completely off the rails someone should have said hey just take it down just just a touch bud because this is just too much it's bonkers and it, oh god i hate him i hate him yeah and, and, and again it's like this setting up setting up people that you are glad like if you're glad to see anybody go in any of these movies, it's fucking Junior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like when he goes, it's like, God, you couldn't have done that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yep. that whole motorcycle scene where he's riding around screaming. Just because yelling for his mother. Then he gets beheaded. Oh, it's like, ha, ah, yeah. bliss. <laughs> It's like you you feel the literal weight off your shoulder once he's yeah. gone. Yeah, like the literal weight was lifted off of his shoulders, his head. <laughs> about eight pounds. Yeah, about eight pounds. So if it was great. He probably had like a 12-pound noggin, if we're being honest. But, you know. Well, I think that'll do it for Friday the 13th, 1 through 5. I had a great time talking about him. I had a great time watching him. Um, uh, I'm glad we made a couple of new fans. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry to have to make everybody watch five movies like that but i figured it would be fun for us to do so maybe next time we can decide which ones we're going to do in a little more advanced and talk about them i'll watch them over a longer period of time but um but that's it for this week's episode uh please uh share share our podcast with your friends if you like what you're listening to we would really like to get our our name out there as 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 best we can so um i'm asking everyone personally here on the show tonight instead of the the tag at the end that will still be there but we would definitely like if you like our podcast please 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 give us a share give us a like subscribe uh, write, write us a review on apple itunes it'll definitely help us out spotify wherever you get your podcast uh so with this, also we'll start the October movie season, and we're going to be doing uh, October full of horror, horror comedies. So everybody has that to look forward to. So this kind of jumps that off. So I, what I'm calling it is a Friday Night Fright Fest with with the VHS files. So we're um, we're going to do you know the next movie we're going to be doing on the podcast is going to be The Lost Boys. So a little kind of crossover from this Corey Feldman into into the Lost Boys. So that's what we're going to be starting out October. How well, many yeah. Corey Feldman movies can I was we about to say the, VH, the first yeah. ten episodes? Yeah, VHS Files, the home of Corey Feldman. <laughs> Welcome to the Corey Feldman, Feldman Files. Corey he, he was very VHS. prominent in the eighties. You kind of can't avoid him. So and then we we'll promise. Get, and we're we'll not get... doing Gremlins this month. We're not doing Gremlins. No, that comes that comes in December. That's a yeah, Christmas that's later. Movie. That's a Christmas movie. So, but uh, that's what we'll be talking about next week is the Lost Boys, and that will kick off. Well, it will officially kick off the Friday Night Fright Fest throughout the month of October. So please tune in and listen to us talk about that next time. But until then, be kind. Rewind.
Bye bye. It's over. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Email us your comments, questions, and movie suggestions at the.vhsfiles at gmail.com. I've seen one too many movies. Follow us on Facebook at VHS Files Podcast. Don't you blame the movies! On Instagram at VHS.Files. Movies don't create psychos! On Twitter at VHS underscore files. Movies make psychos more creative! And head over to our YouTube channel at the VHS Files Podcast for more content. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Shut the shit down. I saved it all up for the end there. That was hysterical, Jenny. I was waiting. Boy, that she just hysterical. threw that out there. Women are not being satisfied, bro. <laughs> you need to come into this shit with a whiskey dick and be ready to lay it down for 20 to 30 minutes. No two pump chump.